Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Game Junk Podcast for May 2017. This is episode number 32, and my name is Sean. My name is Frank. My name is Andrew. Coming up on this month's episode, we've got uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to be getting to our impressions of the Nintendo Switch, the whole launch, what we think of the system, and reviews of some of the games, including uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Lots of discussion about other stuff we've played, and uh, some junk mail as well. So, uh, you know, thanks for checking out the show. We, you know, it doesn't come out that often, and uh, we we appreciate people sticking with us. And uh, we do have a big announcement here, mm-hmm. Frank, which if you've been listening to Film Junk, I'm sure you're aware, but uh, why don't you give it to us, Frank? Yes, uh, out this week, finally. Embers of Miram on PS4, Xbox One, and Steam, all platforms, uh, made by Creative Byte Studios. We're going to have probably a separate episode talking about the game, breaking it down, seeing what we thought, but uh, it's out there. It's I guess maybe I'll pitch it briefly for people who don't listen to Film Drunk. I don't know who they are, but it's a adventure platformer where you play as a character that has the ability to split into two separate characters temporarily one control with the left stick one with the right and you're basically we call it splitting splitting into two navigating them around and recombining uh with two embers the the character's name is miram it has two embers embers of miram and you those two embers also have light and dark properties which you're using to solve puzzles as well so it's Twisting your brain a bit, maybe think uh, Brothers meets Ori. Is it's a but, fantasy yeah, that, setting. Those are the two big influences in my head as I was playing yeah, it. Yeah, so, so uh, d- just a lot of variety. I would say was the biggest push in the game. So puzzles, platforming, chases, bosses. Hopefully, an adventure that you will never forget. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for anyone who picked it up and checked it out. If you can rate it or. Uh, leave a review on Steam, whatever. It's greatly appreciated. Slather your social media with info <laughs> about it. Yeah. Just spread the word. Do what you can. Very proud of the final results. Reviews. There's not a ton of big ones yet, but the ones that are in are pretty good and pretty pretty happy. And a big congrats just on shipping it in general. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Shipping a game is extremely hard, so Absolutely. it's always good when you can get something out there for people to play. Yeah, and I Thanks, mean, for, for people who don't maybe realize, I mean, it is mostly three people that yeah. made this game. The team I mean, was probably like four and a half, I'd say. Yeah, so that's like a pretty small team. And, uh, I mean, you you were in, in charge of pretty much the whole design of the game, mm-hmm. which you haven't really done before. So that's, No, yeah, that's so cool. that was a lot of learning and... I mean, everyone was busting ass trying to get this thing done, and like it, it I the fact like just the four of us basically uh, two years, and I think it's pretty pretty good accomplishment. So really happy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully we'll we'll have like a little bonus episode where we interview you and Paul break and it Sean. down, dissect. Yeah, we've all played it. We've all beaten it. So we're just going to save it all for that show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But again, thanks for checking it out. I know some junkers have been leaving comments, hitting me up, and the ones that I'm friends with on P4 
PSN are playing it, checking it out. So, gracias. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty huge. So, uh, something just <laughs> fly, flew, flew fruit, at fruit me. Fly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, <clears throat> well, is there anything... Anything else? Like you, you got anything you want to mention, Huck City? Or uh, uh, no, just grinding it out. Yeah. So for if you're kind of tuning in, grinding. <laughs> if you're tuning in for the first time, uh, we we've got a Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/gamejunk. We're on Twitter at Game Junk Podcast. So you know we do post uh, video game news there occasionally. Sometimes there's a little bit of discussion happening, so you might want to check it out. If you're into it, uh, also, yeah, you also if you're bottle? listening, you want to drink right out of the bottle. We're, we're having a Ryan? little celebratory yeah. Ryan Ginger. So all here. the listeners, while you're listening, feel free to open one up yeah, as well. Ryan Ginger, beautiful. Dwight's <laughs> got a whole glass of uh, purple Kool Aid. Let's do it. <laughs> Cheers, gentlemen. Let's party. Fucking party. <laughs> all right, uh, let's kill the party. Switch time. Time to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So switch it up. It has been a few months, and I know people have been dying to hear us talk about uh, the Switch, which we do all own now. Yes. Mm-hmm. I so got that's, mine a cool. week ago or so, and I was the last one, the last convert. And it was th- pretty hard to find for a while, right? Yeah, actually, you texted me and said, hey, EB Games has some in stock on their website, and I went on a couple hours later, actually, and they still had them, surprisingly, so I got one, pulled the trigger, and uh, haven't looked back since. Yeah, we got to give props actually to uh, Adam from from my work because he was oh, the yeah? one who was keeping an eye out for these things. Nice. He's been kind of wanting to get one too, but yeah, I was surprised that it it was that hard to get them for that long. I think now that Mario Kart's out, it seems like there's a little bit more supply out there. And I felt so bad. I went to Best Buy one day. Uh, I think I was buying a VR stand or controllers or something, and a dad was there. It was when the day Mario Kart came out with his kids, and he was just like buying so many accessories. <laughs> and I, I, uh-huh. I just stepped in. Oh yeah, I'm like, look, here's what you're gonna need. Because <laughs> like, he was talking to the Best Buy girl, and he's kind of <laughs> unsure. I'm like, this is what's going down. You're gonna want that. You're not gonna want that. Doesn't charge with this. The only way to charge him is on the the switch pad and all this stuff in the dock, just a font of information for this guy. He was loving it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You might have to just, you know, start randomly, uh, I hitting do. up local electronic stores. Section, and... Always offer the advice. <laughs> yeah. and current deals. One time in Costco, this guy was looking for a PlayStation four. He was looking at it. I'm just leaning. Hey bud, this thing's 50 bucks cheaper at Best Buy and you get an extra game with it. Don't buy it here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. one of the, I'm one of those guys just giving. That's great. Giving man. tips. Free advice. Start a website. Start a blog. Yeah. Dan D's deal of the day. I don't know if that's still <laughs> yeah. going anymore, but maybe <laughs> Frank's, D, yeah. Frank's deal of the day. <laughs> Red Frank deals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. Let's, let's talk switch then. Um, I guess maybe before we give our, thoughts or personal opinions what like what did you guys think of the the launch lineup and and kind of how things have been playing out for nintendo like i'm hearing that sales are better than the wii u it's the which first i would thing. expect Not hard. <laughs> Not hard. uh i would say i was in san fran for the launch yeah so i had pre-ordered was waiting for it to come back when i was in san fran 
at midnight, I'm like, eh, maybe I'll take a look around. <laughs> <laughs> take the other one back, sell it, whatever. Couldn't find one anywhere, not surprising. During GDC. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. Not, so. not in the best spot I didn't to try, find I didn't one. try that hard, but I was like, yeah, if I can find it, I'll buy it. And then I got home on a Saturday. Post office was closed. Sunday, the post office was closed. <laughs> and I basically, I think I picked it up before work on Monday. Couldn't connect it to the internet at work. <laughs> so by the time I got to play it, I think we were recording film junk here or something. Yeah. I, and I barely got to touch it. So I wish, I think I would have been more excited if I was like in on the launch. Uh, but I haven't played a ton. The launch itself, I think, is a little lackluster in terms of games. Zelda, of course, we're all down. It's a, it's a great game. 1-2 Switch, not so hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about and that. I, I just find I love the machine itself. Like at the launch, I'm like, this feels good. I like it a lot. I like the screen. I don't have any problems with that. For me, it was just uh, the platform experience at launch. Like I know they're promising online features and all this stuff. What you're getting as like an experience is not that interesting. It is a screen with storage. <laughs> and I mean, you're really, it's not a bad thing, but you're relying on the games to do the heavy lifting on this console. And so far there aren't a ton. Yeah. It's the, the front facing nature of the console, the, whatever you call it, the home screen, pretty basic, you know, a yeah. b- bunch of boxes and then some smaller boxes under that with your settings and your news or whatever else they throw in there. I will say this. I prefer it to the Wii U one which was so slow yeah. like they they had a they couldn't either execute on an, their vision for that it was just they didn't have the processing power or memory but this one at least it's easy to go back and forth it's easy to play a game that's fine i just obviously no no trophy support like no system or accolade system mm-hmm. basic friend code system yeah and what the fuck frank you haven't added me yet I, know, I, I sent on. you my friend code. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, I to me the other than the hardware itself, talking about the switch is basically talking about the games. Yeah, although I mean, there's a lot to talk about with the different ways to play, because you have the pro controller, you have the Joy Cons in the Kung Fu grip, you have the Joy Cons separately, you have the Joy Cons sideways. Uh, in the tablet mode. That's a good point. We should like. There's a whole yeah, bunch of different I, modes you can play this game. I, I, you know, like as cool as that sounds, it does lead to some confusion, as we found at Frank's last week. Like, I, I maybe it was just the, the specific game we were playing because one two switch. You, there's all different. Every game you're using it in a different way, but it's like when you're actually trying to just like press a button to like say okay. It's like, what fucking button do I push? Which way am I supposed mm-hmm. to be holding this thing? It's a little weird. Yeah, I would say for me, the only way I really like playing this system is with a pro controller. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. Everybody loves the pro. Which is like an expensive $90 accessory to add to it. Hashtag buy, buy, buy. But it's going <laughs> to happen. But I would say it's required. Unless maybe you you're, have smaller hands. or I do not find it comfortable to hold. I haven't minded the the Joy-Con grip myself, but I also haven't tried the Pro Controller yet, so I don't know. I don't know what I'm missing yet. You know what I mean? And it's definitely more comfortable than having the two separate ones, like, just free or on the tablet. 
Oh, see, I find I prefer it on the tablet versus yeah. in the grip thing. I find the grip, okay. whatever. It, for it's just whatever, a little too close. Too I tight. think just yeah. it could I be agree. a personal thing, too, like what your hands are like. For me, it does not feel right. My hands get sore easily. I, I think it's a bit better just holding it in basically handheld mode with the Joy-Cons on the side of the Switch. Again, personal. And but the way to go is pro controller. Yeah. The one thing kind of related to the controls I find weird, even more so after getting my hands on it, is that there is no pack in title or demo that you can download for free. Uh because there are so many ways to use the controllers and the tablet in general that you'd think they would show off, you know, using it separately, using it in the grip, Mm -hmm. turning it sideways, playing something like that, playing something with that actually uses the HD rumble rumble they're touting so much. That little AR sensor thing they have, which is, I don't know what that's used for right now. What's like everyone said, the one, two switch should have been a pack in thing. It shouldn't have been like a $70 launch title. Like that's insane. I haven't played it, but does it actually focus on showing you the different? Okay. Yeah. And I would say the main focus of that game is gameplay elements where you're not looking at the screen. You're looking at someone and using features of the controller to aim at each other. Yeah, which leads to some funny, you know, there's just weird moments where you're playing the game and you realize, like, am I actually really playing a game right now? (laughs) Like, I'm just standing in a room staring at my friend. Like, I don't even need to have this video game system here to be doing this. It's really odd. it's kind of fun at times. Seventy dollars, I feel a bit dumb for yeah. for buying it. Well, whatever, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> and so, okay, maybe we should wrap up. Just general system thoughts. Uh, I do think it's kind of weird that you can only charge it in the dock, like without like you can plug it in. We're using the plug that they give you. Uh, yeah, but it's like it's not that long, really. I guess, oh, well, I guess yeah. it's it's not – I do find – I guess my what my preceding comment should have been is when you're in handheld mode, the battery can go pretty quick. Yeah, like three hours or so. Yeah, like that's that's pretty fast. Yeah, I mean I have a problem – like I've been playing portable a lot and I kind of am seeing it almost as like the new Vita, which I, I'm digging. But uh, one of the problems I have is – so I have the dock kind of in my whole like – entertainment setup thing that's built into my wall and you know so if i'm playing portable and the battery starts to die i have no choice but to put it in the dock and if the controller dies i can't play like you know what i mean yeah there should be another way to put it in the dock and leave it up there charging yeah i mean the only way to do it would be to unplug everything and yes. pull it out and or like, buy an extra a AC pro controller. Yeah, which I may have to do eventually. Well, but. how do you but how would you charge you can't charge the controllers on their own though. But they retain battery longer. So, uh like even though the the screen and the main console yeah. only lasts for 4 hours approximately. Yeah. Those Joy-Cons they last a really long time. And I will oh, okay. say this the pro controller lasts a really long time the charge. That's like comparatively that even the Wii U pro controller was like that too. Their battery life is astounding. That's good to know. Yeah. I guess I haven't run into it where the joy cons die, but I thought there could be a situation where that would be an issue. But if they last like, 
you know, 10 hours, you're probably never going to run yeah. into the case yeah. where... Because at some problem. point you would dock it, like, you're not playing 24 hours straight. So, now, what happened to me, let's get into the left Joy-Con issue. Sure. Initially, I was having the left Joy-Con issue all the time playing Zelda. I'd be walking forward and just give out a lot. I was like, wow, this is a big deal. So, why don't you explain what it is, in case okay. anyone has a So, heard. if you... Just randomly, even though you have them paired, each Joy-Con on the left and right side of the the Switch screen, they're still not they're still paired wirelessly. Like mm-hmm. there's no physical Bluetooth, connection. Yeah. So if I'm on a couch, there were issues where the further you are with interference, that controller would disconnect from the game randomly and often. <laughs> and it was often I got a setup that. I moved the switch around and it seemed to be fine. Now I haven't sent mine in for repairs yet, but the real, I was aware of that problem. The phantom dilemma that I wasn't aware of is if somehow it disconnected and you put it back on, it also doesn't charge or maybe it does. But when you go to turn the system back on, it won't repair. You have to like me. I had to, I kept, putting on the system and it wouldn't pair with the oh then you had to like take it off and put it back on again yeah and i'm like this won't work what's going on and eventually i had to like push a specific on button on that controller and i mean it is a bit of user error i was like oh duh it's it's just a different manifestation of the pairing issue that took me a while to so the situation should to debug the situation you're talking about when it disconnects is the switch console is in the dock and you're playing with the joy cons on the grip Mm -hmm. yeah so separated from the console, yeah, and it disconnects. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so te- yeah. technically, it probably could happen if you're playing in tablet mode. Yeah, or in tablet mode. And that's that was my red herring when I was trying to figure out mine because I was in tablet mode, but the disconnection must have happened earlier, and mm-hmm. even in tablet mode, it wasn't connecting. And I'm like, right, what so, is going on? So I haven't experienced this actually, or at least I don't know if I don't think I have. But when I've been playing Zelda, I've almost exclusively been in tablet mode. And if I am in the dock, the way my setup is, I'm pretty close to my TV. I'm probably five feet away from the docking station. So I, it might have to be a bit like your coach is quite a bit further yeah. away from the TV. And the other situation I play in a lot, which actually I'm surprised, is I've been playing kickstand mode, playing Mario Kart with my son. Nice. Where we each have the one little mini Joy-Con, mm-hmm. and I haven't found it in that. Now we're also close to the t- to the tablet kickstanding, uh, but we also don't have any mirrors or aquariums or whatever else they're saying is interfering <laughs> with. Yeah, I don't know with whatever. <laughs> um, so I personally haven't noticed it, but like obviously it's an issue, and I also haven't tried going far away. I don't know what the official range of like Bluetooth is, but it's strange that it's only one of them. Yeah, well, it is but possible it, that you had a second manufacturing run. Like it was a manufacturing issue. Oh, okay. There was yeah, a piece it's very possible in the left Joy-Con. There was a piece of foam missing. Oh, okay. And like there was ways online to hack it to put that. Mm. Just just unscrew it. Put this piece of foam here. Yeah, I guess I could check the serial number, and probably mine is newer. It's possible. Because it's what? When when did it come out in March? uh, March? So now it's May. I got mine early May, so Mm -hmm. probably. And it was sold out for a long time, so probably is a second run. Yeah. Now, but so I I experienced it, like, because I haven't been playing as much in the the grip 
I haven't seen it as much, but I, I had it once really bad where I was playing Zelda and it disconnected and, and Link was walking forward and just kept walking forward. And I could not, even to turn the controller off and back on again, it was still happening. I can't remember what I had to do, but it, like I think I had to actually quit the game and go back in or something weird like that. It was a really strange situation. So I've had the problem. Because I don't play with the grip that often, I've been putting off doing something about it. But it's like, now what do I do? Do I try to do this self-repair? Do I actually send it back to Nintendo? I don't know what I... Yeah, I'm very lazy, first of all. But yeah. I think I'll, I will send it away. Now Now that I have a pro controller, I think it's easier to send it away. And if I still want to play, I can. Yeah, that's good. You have another option. Yeah. Uh, but the other, I guess, aspect with the, the Joy-Cons is just the the sideways mode that you're talking about that you play with your son. Yeah. Like, we'll talk about Mario Kart, but specifically in Mario Kart, using the shoulder buttons to use items... You gotta use pain, one or the other. ...is a pain <laughs> in the ass. Like, yeah. it's so unresponsive. Now, I think it's even less responsive. Each Joy-Con has a small attachment that you put on top to, like, fill out the shape. I haven't then, used those yet. Using those felt worse. Like it felt really? more disconnected and let's be honest, the orientation of the buttons is awkward like, for the, the shoulder buttons and the actual buttons in Joy-Con, depending on whether you're using the plus or minus Joy-Con. Yeah. Either one is not great. Well, it's a pretty small controller yeah. to be using for one person, especially like a grown man, right? Yes. <laughs> like it's pretty, it's okay for my son. And, but he, so, like, playing Mario Kart, he's just figuring out... This is really, like, the first video game he's ever played uh, where he's actually controlling it all himself. But Mario is, like, a perf... Well, we'll get into that later. But he's able to press them, but he's also not using the stick. He's just using the motion controls to okay. steer, right. which makes it a lot easier. And I do that now, too. But at the same time, it's very difficult to do, like, a power slide in that way. Yes. Yeah. And shoot... Or even just power slide and try to do the steering with the motion control. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you do it. So we're just playing on 50cc. Like, basically, in that mode, you can steer straight and hold down go and finish in <laughs> second or third yeah. without ever doing anything. So it's not really, like, the hardest mode ever. I, I still think that the way it's set up to share so quickly is pretty awesome. Whereas, like, I don't need to go out and buy a second controller right away to play with him. Yeah. I could just, I like, with out of the box, I have two kind of shitty controllers that I can play with someone. That's true. And, like, before I had kids, obviously, that would have meant nothing to me. Cause, and, like, right now, it's not like you have people over here. Yeah. Like, we, after work to play all the time. And don't gravitate to the Switch when I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, for me, it works great. Other people probably it's it's worthless and they probably even never use it if you're just playing mario kart by yourself i don't know why you would ever hold just one when you can hold yeah. the controller i i agree if you view it as just kind of a bonus rare way of playing yeah it's a nice feature uh but i mean that that is a big thing they're trying to push right like when you look at the titles that are coming out this summer they're all you know they've got splatoon and arms are the two big releases is there another one i think i don't know if splatoon would support those small controllers no? No. And arms, you need two of each. You that's, have to, That's true. Well, one of, each, one of each. No. One of each type. One arm for each. One per arm. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So to play with two player, you need. Sorry, just okay. Never mind. It's just <laughs> <laughs> a left and a right. Is that what you meant? Two, yeah, you need a left right. and a right. So, two so total. Like in terms of that multiplayer concept of like two controllers, for arms it doesn't work. You need oh, two right. sets I see. for a two player version. Yeah. I got you now. Uh, but I guess Street Fighter is another game maybe using the multiple controller party idea. And right, yeah. Bomberman was. I haven't played it yet. Mm. Uh, I just it's it's interesting the way they're really selective. I guess maybe I'll wait for this in terms of software, but for me, hardware kind of summary, I love the build of it. Yeah. Like, I think it feels good. It felt like a solid piece of equipment other than maybe the tops of the joy con <laughs> buttons is the weakest part I'd say. And the, the docking worked pretty seamless seamlessly for me. I, I haven't had issues and enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, Charges quickly. It's a, to me, it is a good handheld. Like, yep. And it's a cool that I have always wanted for handhelds. Like, there's certain games I want on handhelds that I just wish I could play them on my TV. Like, mm-hmm. the it's either the GameCube adapter to play, oh, yeah. the, like, GBA games on your TV. Right. I yeah. could not wait for something like that. So, yeah. Uh, I find I find um, I'm really enjoying the kickstand mode way more than I thought I would. Like I kind of laughed that off when they first announced mm-hmm. it, and seeing the promos for it of like playing on the on the plane and stuff. But like what I like about it is I have two TVs in my house. One in like my office, which is in the basement of our house and only has like a tiny porthole window, and then the other one is in like a TV room that doesn't have very many windows either so i can take this upstairs into like my living room with nice big window and just put it on the table put the joysticks in the grip thing and then it's like i'm kind of just playing on a little tv Mm -hmm. and but in a different space i could you know and i don't have to have it right up to my face in like a vita type mode i can like lay back on the couch and not just kind of relax while i'm playing it rather than having to hold it like awkward angles or like on my elbows or something. I've really been enjoying it. And overall for me too, the, uh, the size is good. Uh, the weight is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything feels really well made, like putting the grips in, they don't feel like they're going to fly off. They feel like they kind of lock in there nice and tight. They're, they're pretty tricky to get off. Like, especially I can imagine for kids, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's not too bad. And I see why they made it that way to make sure that they don't fly off especially over a longer kind of like play period or longer lifespan of the console. And overall, I like that I can put it on the TV. I like that I can take it off if I want to. And it just, it's really neat to have a, a powerful machine uh, that's sort of like the Vita successor. And I, that's how I'm kind of viewing it. Like if the Vita had an HDMI outboard, this is kind of like the Vita totally. 2.0 and it's great. Yeah, um, one other minor complaint uh, with regards to the hardware is with the controller, the analog stick. I think, I don't know if the the specifics of this, but the points of articulation on it is not the same as the the Sony and Microsoft mm. controllers, right? Because like, I know when you're playing Zelda, sometimes you, you're trying to aim at something. And I always find that angle where it's like, too far to the right, too far to the left. I can't quite get it to be. You know what? I bet's happening. I've noticed this too. Is the motion controls kick in, and really? then you're like aiming partly with the stick and partly with the motion controls of the controller. But I'm just talking about like if you have like a bomb and you're trying to throw a bomb. 
So you're just moving that around, mm. the stick around to like face in a certain direction. And it's just, it's weird. It is different than the other controllers. It's not. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, but I find I've always had small issues like that with Zelda games. Oh yeah. I guess it could be the game. I never thought about that, but I think I had read that like Nintendo has always had this issue with their controllers. Mm. They've always been slightly less points of articulation or whatever yeah. the term is. But, um, yeah, so with regards to the the dock being able to switch between portable and TV, it's a cool feature. But the question is, is it, a, you know, is it a reason to buy a new console? And I think that's a lot of people are wondering that. And people will say, oh, so is it good? Should I, should I get one? And, and the only answer is, if you like Zelda, you should get one. <laughs> I, every family that's asked me, I say no. Absolutely not. Like considering the price, uh, what's out there, I would say wait, wait for Mario, wait for some other things, unless you like your kids really want it. And for gamers, obviously, if you like to try stuff, give her bye bye bye. <laughs> but I mean, I would never say buy this over a PS4 or an Xbox One. I think it is a good second console potentially if you don't want to double up on like the third party stuff from Sony and Xbox. That's kind of where it is right now. I, I like it. I don't know if I would like blanketly recommend it to people like you need this. Yeah. I, especially with the eShop being pretty vacant right now, especially of like backwards compatible mm -hmm. titles. It seems like not the best thing for people to pick up. For me, I picked up like Mario Kart and Zelda, which is probably what everyone's picking up. And it's great because I didn't have a Wii U. So Mario Kart is excellent. Uh, and of course, Zelda, Zelda. So for me, even though I just dropped like 600 bucks or whatever, $700, <laughs> yes. ridiculous amount. And <laughs> um, I would say necessary it's not worth it. as a pro controller with another yeah, no, 100. <laughs> I'm waiting. I need another paycheck before I drop yeah. that. And I mean, to be fair, to counteract what you had said, if you have a Wii U or bought Mario Kart 8, like that's another game that's not new. There's Yeah. I mean, I I'd like to get it cuz I I like the new battle mode, but it's I'm not paying full price for a game that I basically there, already own. Yeah, there's not a lot of content, yeah. a lot of indie games that have been out on other platforms and for a long time. Yeah. So and uh, and on top of that, like there's even games that have been announced that are coming to the Switch and they're taking a long time. Like yeah. I've been hearing that it seems like there's issues with porting stuff to the Switch. I don't know the details of that, but... I, yeah, I have no idea. I would say the other kind of insult to injury here, this might not be fair, but when you look back, there was two years before the Switch where we were making fun of games like Star Fox and Metroid Federation Force and all these games where Nintendo had no content on their other consoles... And Zelda had been in development for a long time. Yeah. So that's a huge gap of non-quality titles from a brand that is basically like synonymous with the best games ever. So I, I mean, everyone seems to think it's bouncing back. I still have some pretty big concerns. Well, this is where E3 is going to come in. It's like, but I mean, they just had a Nintendo direct and it was all arms. Like I, I'm. I was expecting there to be more announced by now, because by November, they got to have some pretty killer games well, out. If they it's just gonna be Mario. 
And yeah, yeah there's a Mario and game. Mario will be delayed. You think? I mean, that's oh, that'll be I huge if it. it is delayed. They have their Zelda release window, and then they have their Met, their Mario holiday window, and those are those are happening. Reggie will be there. Look, we want to make sure Mario is the best experience possible for all the <laughs> Nintendo fans out there. And to do that, we oh no, actually they'll get uh, Shigeru to do it. Like. For, <laughs> Free pass, whatever. <laughs> we just want to make the best product we can. I mean, Same spiel they use for everything we know. <laughs> considering what they've shown of it, I would think that is a definite possibility. But I just think that's a huge like that is something they don't want to delay. If, if there's any way they can avoid it, they're going to put everything they can at that. I don't want them to delay it either because I think it looks amazing. <laughs> it is the game. I, I'm more excited for that than I was for Zelda. And. As far as the content, I would say definitely don't buy this machine if you're going for indies, like to supplement your lack of Nintendo stuff, because you can get all these indie games on Steam, and your Steam library is going to be guaranteed to come with you through your computer generations. Whereas, who knows what's going to happen with this Nintendo library? You know, like Xbox is now supporting backwards compatible, PS, PS, PlayStation sort of does here and there. Uh, but Nintendo seems to not be interested in letting you keep games you've already bought. So I wouldn't count on keeping anything around from this generation going forward still. Well, let's add one thing. Even the indies, the prices are jacked on these things on the store. Yeah, you can get them on Steam for like two bucks if you wait long enough. At one point, I know uh, Binding of Isaac was a PlayStation Plus game, Yeah, and it is $54 now. Like, what is that really <laughs> in Canada? I don't know yeah. what I think it's probably thirty nine ninety nine in the states. I don't know. It is pricey, <laughs> so they know that there's a lack of content, and there were some controversies. I think more so with the physical version of Rhyme for Switch that was higher than the other consoles. But yeah. it's tough because Zelda's a great game, uh, which we'll talk about. Snipper Clips is actually it's pretty solid. The, the most fun I've had with the like surprisingly as a co-op experience it was amazing mm-hmm. i was really impressed and but other than that like the library is pretty shallow right now and i and that, we're that, two months in almost three that doesn't bother me like i would i would still buy it <laughs> uh but i mean for someone who doesn't have a lot of money or option like options and other consoles and stuff like that it's it's not ideal and I mean, Zelda has, does go a long way. I mean, I've pretty much been, that's the only thing I've really been playing since the last time we recorded. And, uh, you know, I think if somebody has more time to put into it, they'd probably be pretty much done with it by now. They do have DLC coming out for it as well, which is another uh, example of how clearly the titles are so limited that they're like, let's rush out some DLC for Zelda because we have nothing else. But uh, well, so why don't we talk about some of the these games specifically Zelda? I guess if you were gonna rate like the hardware, the hardware, out of five stars, I don't even know how. I mean, I'd give it a four. I think the Switch, the Switch itself, regardless of games, the experience of a Nintendo Switch. I would give it a four only because, and I'd only take off a point right now is because there's really nothing else built into the system to do anything there's no netflix you can't you know the friend support is even 
seemingly lacking. lacking. There's no, like, even not having voice chat is weird. Like, why would you not have that kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. And even down the road, it sounds like that's going to be through some app on your phone, not even through the system. Yep. Uh, so that kind of stuff takes away, but like the actual like physical nature of the it, the being able to switch between so many different play modes, that stuff I all really like. So I would give it a four to five, but uh, you can't just have it on your shelf and look pretty, and you need something to do on it. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it would be maybe a three and a half for me. Like it's it it's solid. What's actually there is solid, but it is just a question of what you guys just said, like what's missing and you have to kind of ask yourself how much that matters. Yeah, I'd say I'm probably right in between you guys. I would lean towards a three and a, three and a half out of five. Killer. Mm -hmm. Okay, so games. I, this is the rare occasion where Dwight has played way more of this game than we have. Yes. He has yeah. sunk his teeth deep. Breath of the wild. I've been breathing the <laughs> breathing in the breath of the wild. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I can kick it off. I mean, so smelly or sweet? It's pretty sweet. I, <laughs> I, I, w I had my doubts. I had my doubts about the switch in general, you know, as I think we had mentioned, like I had pre-ordered it and I was kind of like, do I keep this thing or do I try to sell it? I don't know. And with Zelda, I was interested in it. Last couple of Zelda games didn't really grab me. The whole open world thing wasn't sure it was for me, but right off the bat, they kind of have this very controlled smaller area that they introduce you to the game through with like what is it like three or four shrines and yeah, a four, tower yeah. and so then it's you know you kind of you get a real good taste of the game without having to immediately just get thrown into this giant world and then once you kind of get past that and the world does open up um i found that I don't know what it is compared to other open world games, but it's not it's not a uh, fetch quest kind of uh, like it really is just go and do what you want. It's more about exploration, though. and and yeah, it's a hundred percent exploration. Which uh, like for the first probably I don't know a couple of weeks anyway, all I was really doing was exploring, finding shrines, and trying to open up the whole map, and that's all I was doing. I was literally not trying to you know complete any of the story missions at all and now i'm probably maybe three quarters of the way through the story stuff um but there is something about that the, the setup of those shrines and the fact that most of them there isn't even really any uh combat like there's some that have enemies but a lot of them are just puzzles and i love that shit i could see yeah. that being boring for some people but i i that that was that was all I needed, really. And well, well, my initial concerns, like you said, there's not a lot of direction in the game or there's a lot of exploration and the space between things. And what I've always loved about Zelda is they're basically telling you what's fun. Go do this. Go do that. We know this is fun. We've made this game to make sure. Well, except in the original yeah. Zelda. Yeah, ex true. And, I mean, that's my least <laughs> favorite. So, uh, In the class... Uh, the ocarina 3d zeldas that that's the way things went which i love that being said i really started to appreciate the explore exploration aspects of the game for me the pluses are the art style i absolutely love i think it, it looks amazing um the flourishes 
of this game are insane. The way, like, when you slice grass, it blows in the wind. Like, how this, the wind is a living, breathing thing in this game. Uh, ideas like, when you drop, the way that it distills, like, that information distills yeah. from something <laughs> into your uh, Sheikah Tab- slate. Yeah. Is that how you say the it? Tablet? I think so, yeah. There are so many small touches in this game that just blow me away. <laughs> and that's, like, across the board. And I think the shrines are amazing as well. I would say I don't have as much fun getting from place to place. Uh, I, I, I don't really like climbing that much. I know it's cool that you can climb anything. But the actual controls for climbing, I am not crazy about. It just kind of takes too long and is not fun It is me. a little slow. Yeah, I mean, I agree. One thing that I read early on that helped me a lot is, you know, when you uh, complete four shrines, you have a choice of heart container or increase your stamina, which lets you climb more. I only did stamina. And, yeah, the the best approach is stamina because you can always – you can make food and stuff that will give you temporary boosts of hearts and all that. But the stamina, I mean, you're always moving around the world, and that just, you know, it helps you – Cut cut down your time, you know, to traverse and to get away from mm-hmm. creatures. Now that is, that I'm is, I'm not crazy about the cooking element of this game. It slows things down. Uh, it's a little cumbersome combining things in the menus. Again, not the reason I play Zelda. Yeah, and just in general, like Frank and I are in about the same spot, like the second major area, uh, and there's probably like what maybe twelve areas total or so. Oh, like of, of the map, you mean? Yeah, of the map. Yeah, I am very sure. early, so these yeah. criticisms might go away. So, but for me, uh, as far as like the cooking and the the management of items and inventory, it's been okay, but it's starting to get to the point where I'm getting a little overwhelmed. Uh, you have to manage your weapon slots, your armor slots, your bow slots. You have to make your food. You have to keep track of what items you have. Uh, you have to make stuff to prevent you for cold, prevent you from increasing your stamina. <laughs> then you need to like find the person that can upgrade your armor for you for more things you can find. Then when you get to like the technology tower I just found, now you can upgrade your Sheikah tablet. And there's just like so much things to manage and upgrade and like shit to find in the world that uh I can see why it'd be enjoyable, but it's it's just a little overwhelming right now. I think I hit that point where I probably should have just stopped and looked around for more shrines and tried to open stuff up, but I kind of went ahead in the story, and now there's just so much for me to do, and like my stamina gauge, I got, so I've gotten two upgrades. I did one heart, one stamina, or maybe two mm-hmm. stamina, one heart, so I'm still having troubles with like a lot of the climbing aspects, and um, just running away from stuff is sometimes a little too hard. Though I do, I do like that you can literally climb anywhere. So if you're patient enough and see a route, you can get away. Like I ran into one guy that just killed me in one blow, but I was able to just climb a rock and go around him, which yeah. I found pretty neat. Um, but the overall, the little micromanagement of the items is, is getting a little overwhelming for me. The good thing is, though, it doesn't have the No Man's Sky issue where you're like really limited on space right away. Uh, and it seems like your weapons degrade fast enough that you find replacements almost too plentiful, mm-hmm. e- even if the value is lower. So you usually have 
like something to use. I don't know how I feel about the weapon degrading yet. It seems kind of neat, but at the same time, it seems like stuff's kind of degrading pretty quickly, though maybe just as the lower-end items that are degla- well, degrading see, quickly. Th- that is probably my biggest complaint about the game is the weapon degradation thing is frustrating, and I think even a lot of the high-end weapons break pretty quickly. Yeah. But I think if you can accept that it's not a game where every single creature you see you fight that you kind of have to conserve and just kind of enjoy the exploration elements as opposed to the combat, which I I think is off-putting for some. But once I kind of got that, I was okay with it because then it's, I'll save my weapons for, you know, the, the story stuff that I have to do, the boss fights, all that kind of stuff. I'm not just going to waste my time because if you if you're just running by somebody and they attack you and you stop to fight them, there's a pretty good chance you have a good weapon that you're going to break and they're going to give you a shit weapon in return. So it's mm-hmm. just not worth it a lot of the time. And there's no, it's not like an RPG where you're leveling up just from fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know that is one of the things you have to learn to sometimes just avoid combat, uh, which you know it is kind of against what you expect in in an action adventure yeah, game. I I would say the highlight of the game is combat for me. Uh, the different approaches you can take to scenarios, like rocks, fire, explosions. Uh, I I really like that stuff. Control wise, my biggest issues maybe relating to what you said. I find aiming the bow not that solid. Yeah, it's pretty uh, tricky. Uh, maybe there's some settings I can play with. I'm not sure. But it, it doesn't feel amazing. It doesn't feel bad either. Early uh, when I was talking to Dwyer about the motion controls and stick, yeah. I was having that problem with the bow a lot. I find I, I turned motion controls off for sure. Oh, okay. Uh I prefer horizon in terms of aiming and shooting. Like, yeah. Much more. And my other issue with climbing in general, one is that conceptually the idea of climbing anything is amazing. I don't know if it's fun though. <laughs> like it's uh, I don't know if that action in itself is actually fun to do. I, climbing a huge mountain is a neat idea. I don't know if it's fun to do that. It's like walking across. There, there are there are some things. Of- I mean, if you get enough stamina, you can jump, obviously, which makes yeah. it faster. But then there's some other upgrades you get later that help a little bit with that as That's well. That's cool. So. And I like I said, this is almost initial impressions of Zelda for me. So these all may be null and void when I learn other enhancements and things that just improve all these processes that are a little cumbersome at first, which is pretty much the norm for open world games. Like things that are kind of a chore at the beginning get made easier through the process of playing the game. So take all of these complaints with a grain of salt. The other control aspect that gets on my nerves a bit with climbing is approaching ledges and like being able to descend I find is pretty clumsy in terms of required uh, rotation and angles where it registers that you want to do that. Uh, and I've died a few times as a result of that. And I was not happy. Yeah. One more game mechanic that I'm not sure I really like, or haven't, maybe I just don't understand it quite yet is the, the mechanic they seem to have stolen from Assassin's Creed of sort of like the the watchtower approach where you climb the tower, you unlock the tower, and that kind of unlocks your map. Whereas in... So in Zelda, you have an area of your map that's essentially blank until you find this lookout tower or whatever. And then when you unlock the tower, 
unlike Assassin's Creed, it doesn't really show you where everything is. It just kind of fills in the map with sort of the the geographic contours and the roads and the walkways and stuff. But it doesn't really show you where anything of note is. Uh, whereas like Assassin's Creed, once you unlock the areas, it'll show you where shrines are and other assorted things. Now, I don't know, maybe later can you upgrade your tablet to show you more things? Or do you still have to just hunt them all down and then once you get close to them, they go on your map? Uh, well, I mean, early on they teach you that if you're on a tower, you look out and you you can kind of spot shrines from a distance and yeah. mark them. You can tag them on your map, right? Yes, which, I mean, you start off by doing that, I think, and you kind of build up, like, enough shrines across everything because they're also quick travel points as well, mm-hmm. which helps with the traversal later. Um, and then I think, I mean, I don't know where you guys are, but, like, you know, at some point there's there's a sensor on the slate that tells you, like, if a shrine's nearby, you can set it up to, yeah. like, search for other things as well. Mm-hmm. So that helps as well. But as far as the map goes, I don't think there's anything where it just shows you all locations like because they want you to explore and find these things i think yeah i guess i just i guess if if i were to do it or go back i would probably prefer the assassin's creed method where there's more towers that show you more details but you have to find more towers whereas this where you find kind of one massive tower but it doesn't really tell you much at all like i don't know the exact reason for unlocking the tower yet other than to be able to see what the names of like the areas are. Well, the tower is a fast travel point as well, Mm -hmm. but well, I mean, if you find a shrine nearby, that's a fast travel point too. Yeah. I mean, it is basically just like a, a lookout point where you can see for, from far away what's, what's around and, but yeah, I mean, it's not, yeah, I don't think there's any other benefit to unlocking those. I, I really like the game. One thing I miss about Zelda games is I've encountered boss battles, and I know this is part of the thing where you're just kind of defenseless against them, where in previous Zelda games, except for the first, like I kind of knew every challenge was surmountable when I got there. Uh, I had whatever I needed to do to do this. And I, I'm not crazy about the how complex like switching weapons on the fly is and bows on the fly and arrows on the fly. It's really like crampy kind of controller setup and I guess switching relics on the fly too. I mean, I'm, I don't I'm, think I've even done that yet. I've just gone into the menu. Oh, you and you, have, like to, you have to learn it. to do it on the fly. Otherwise it's a pain. Uh, uh, yes, it is a pain, <laughs> but, but that's sorry. I didn't mention this. The menus themselves, the presentation, unsurprisingly top-notch i love everything about it uh the look it's so simple yet feels innovative in a way like they nailed all that stuff about the game and i'm sure if i like sit sit down and spend a day with this game all of my issues will go away i mean part of it is just having not played a zelda game there is like almost you have to reacquaint yourself with zelda almost in the way you have to reacquaint yourself with a Nintendo controller when you play it, like X and A are flipped. And I'm, yeah. <laughs> if you stay away from it for a while, there's like a m- minor relearning curve to getting back into Nintendo. And once you're in, it's fine. Uh, so I think I just need a couple of days to just like have Zelda wash over me. 
<laughs> yeah, man. Just got to breathe in that breath of the wild. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I think what I'm impressed with is that it is, um, you know, innovating on the Zelda. Like, they're not, as much as I've accused Nintendo in recent years of just rehashing the same old stuff, this has a lot of Zelda you know, stuff you would expect, iconic stuff, but it's it's different too. Like it feels very different because of the open world nature. Like there's there are certain sections you go to where it's like, okay, here's a temple and everything's laid out and there's a bit of a story here and we're gonna guide you through this. But all those shrines that are just scattered everywhere and like people you can meet and side missions and stuff, like that's I I know there have been Zelda games with some open world stuff in them, but there's something about the the structure of this that feels very different, I think. And even just the music is very, um, I don't know what's sparse? The word. Yeah, sparse, kind of organic. Light, yeah. Like it's, it's some, it's almost just atmospheric. It's not really melodic. There's not a lot of like well-known, like you expect while you're exploring in a Zelda game, you're going to get like the classic overworld theme or something, but it's not really in this game, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Just the sound of nature. Yeah. No, I, I am early into the game again. I do th- my. I won't say this officially until I beat the game or spend some more time with it. My gut is the reviewers like this game is almost getting tens across the board. <laughs> I think Skyward Sword also got tens across the board. So. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, this is some stinky cheese right here. Like this is the ultimate free pass. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure it's a great game. I mean, nines are not out of the question, but like almost unanimous tens. Again, yeah, that's pretty unreal. I'm not far enough yet, but I'll say this: I play. I think Horizon is more fun than Zelda. It, it may not be as cool, and the art is might not be as like not impressive. Isn't the right word? I, I just there is a presentation aspect to Zelda that is second to none. But in terms of how much fun I have when I'm playing, it's Horizon for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I would say Zelda is perfect, but like, I never thought... It's been a long time since I've been grabbed by a game like this and played it and, and not been pulled into anything else. And uh, and again, like I said, just the fact that it's not just the same old crap. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty impressed by it, but... I think you always have that issue with Nintendo where if, if if a Nintendo game is good, reviewers want to give it a 10. They want to love it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all have the the love of Nintendo built into us from a young age, you know, gamers of this uh, generation. So I think it just there, happens. Uh, yeah, I think there are games where it's earned. Like Mario Galaxy and 2 are kind of tends to me. Like yeah. They, they're so much fun. Like they they blow my mind how good those games are. But I just haven't got it's just to, like binary domain. <laughs> <laughs> just haven't had that reaction to Zelda yet. So if I'm talking pure bullshit and I don't even know what is in store for me in the next hours to come in the game, I apologize. <laughs> even I'm bowing to Nintendo. Like it's has to be done. Has to be done. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I don't know of anything Move on else. to another game? Yeah, we might as well. Yep. The only other game I've played is Mario Kart. I don't know if you guys want to tackle that now. or I have. Sure. Have you, I guess you played the Wii U, Dwight? 
Well, I've played the Wii U version, but I, I have played a little bit of the Switch mm. version as well, specifically battle mode, which is the new thing, and I was loving it. I just wish it was in the original release for the Wii U because yeah. they kind of messed that up. But. I actually haven't played any of the battle mode other than just drive around aimlessly for a little bit while my son was trying to figure out how to play, but um, I'm really enjoying this game. I probably haven't played a Mario Kart game since probably the Nintendo 64, mm-hmm. and this game feels exactly how I remember Mario Kart feeling. And because I've been mostly playing with my son, who's only four, uh, and this is like his first game, I'm really impressed with Nintendo, uh, the learning curve, and just like 50cc, which is what we mostly play on, or what we play on together. It's amazing how they basically just hold your hand and make sure that it never becomes frustrating. He can basically steer right into the wall and it just gently kind of points him in the right direction and keeps him going forward in the right way. It really is like a perfect little like learning game and just the little touches, the level design, all the tracks, like this game has so many tracks now. I know most of them are rehashes of old games, but since I never played any of those games, they they packed in all the DLC from, yeah. Yeah. So there's so many tracks to try and, and look at and, and there's just like a lot of little neat, things in each game which i really appreciate in mario kart games you know just like jumping i I found i had the same feeling with um with rave wave race back in the nintendo 64 where they have like little things where like on track on lap two like the whale will come out or whatever right like little things like that in the in this game too where there's just little things like oh there's the airplane oh and then this track now the airplane's like right in front of me or whatever uh it's just so neat and so polished that they add all these little details. And uh, I haven't done any of the higher end speeds. I've only done a couple. Uh, well, I did 150cc and then a couple 100cc Grand Prix races. And those were really fun to do. I think I could even bump it up to 150 already uh, just because I'm a skilled Mario Carter. But uh, definitely I would not be able to play those higher levels with like the single joy-con just because the the jump the jump turning i can't even imagine doing that whereas with the it in the kung fu grip or whatever i'm calling it uh that is really easy to do and also i'm liking the motion controls i find it's pretty responsive i don't the only thing i use the stick for really is when i'm doing the turns just to be able to do the quick back and forth Mm. uh to get the boost the power boost slide thing you know, one thing you might want to look into, a guy at my work had, um, they have like these little mini steering wheel things you can get where you slide the Joy-Con in. Like I know Nintendo had an official one of these for the Wii, I think, when the Wii version of Mario Kart mm-hmm. came out. But they have one for the for the Joy-Cons and they're like pretty cheap. I think they're like 20 bucks or something mm-hmm. for two. Or, but it, uh, Well, the kids are getting it, so <laughs> I don't need those. Then I guess you're good. I uh, yeah. I would say definitively Mario Kart 8 is or this version on the Switch is the best version of Mario Kart that's ever been made I'm uh, I would concur but I haven't played like the older ones for sure. I think I've played them all I I mean obviously as it gets refined more and more it's better but that's not always the case like I think they, they all started to blur together yeah. for me and that for, there was a while where I just wasn't that interested I but. think 64 was better than Double Dash and like 7 was better than maybe super circuit anyway but this brought something back that i think elevates it over anything 
which is double items, backup items. <laughs> I can finally play proper karting D. And that's what I've been missing in these Mario Kart games, where I can put myself, when I'm in the lead, in a way to protect it and play some solid fucking defense. Can you swap those items? I don't think so. Okay. But I, still, I, I now have a risk-reward element, and I'm engaged even when I'm in first place. And I, those ideas of blue shells and things being stacked against you, I'm like trying to cycle and get uh, a horn and just get ready. So, What's the horn do? It'll stop at anything. Oh, is that what It'll it does? Stop oh, okay, okay. I've had that a couple times. I don't know what that was for. So it is the ultimate defensive weapon when you're in first place on the last lap. When you get hit this three times, four times in a row. Version <laughs> rules. It's got everything I need in my Mario Kart. Still, you know, maybe a little overpriced at eighty bucks, considering I bought the Wii U one. Yeah. But whatever, fuck it. <laughs> since I since I haven't bought one since the N sixty four version, I had no problem throwing money at this game, especially now after playing it and loving it so much. Uh, like I haven't even played. I probably only played a fifth, a sixth of the tracks. I haven't even played them there's all a, yet. I love the retro uh, tracks too. So there's They're like amazing. yeah, the the excite bite track, hilarious. Or just like any when they pull in the old like, classic, oh, the old classic tracks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, that's but cool. the new tracks are really good too. Like I, I found that was one of the things when with previous versions of Mario Kart, you would kind of always get certain types of tracks over and over again, where it's like you know chocolate, you know river or whatever. Like, and I feel like with this one, they didn't really do any of that. They're all unique and different, and every you know every level has you know interesting moving pieces and shortcuts and. Yeah, the shortcuts really reminded me of like Diddy Kong Racing and Beetle Adventure Racing from like the N64. Now, the shortcuts aren't nearly as in-depth as like some of those games, but uh, I really appreciate that there's like little subtleties to each level or each race where you can take shortcuts or take risks. Though sometimes I found if you were like hugging the wall, it would just like force you down the shortcut, even though you didn't even see it. Oh, really? Yeah, maybe that's just a 50cc thing. Hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe. but, uh, yeah, I was really enjoying it. The game overall. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Like if you didn't have it for Wii U, then it's a no brainer. You got to pick this one up for mm -hmm. sure. When did they introduce the, uh, like your wheels, your hovercraft and your flying? When was that introduced? Mario in Kart 7, Seven? for 3DS. And what about the, yeah, and what about the upgrading, of different things oh, no, it unlocking. Might have, it might have been the Wii version. Yeah, I feel like that was that Double Dash. No, 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 that was GameCube. Just it was Mario Kart Wii. Okay, yeah, I I feel like that's been around a little while. Yeah, are the unlocks just a skin? Like you can get different types of hovercrafts and different types of no, they, aerial things. They they have different properties. Yeah, if you if you hit the plus button on the Joy-Con, yeah. it'll bring up like the stats that are changing. As oh, okay, okay. Interesting. Yeah, and I mean, they had, uh, like, for the Wii U version, they had the, Mer was it the Mercedes DLC? Gross. <laughs> and then they had, like, the add-on packs where you could have, like, you know, Link as a character, and there was, like, Link or Zelda-themed track, and stuff like that. I like, assume that's all in mm -hmm. there, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Except for the Mercedes-Benz stuff. Is that in the new one, too? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. I think I read that somewhere. I've have probably have to unlock it. I don't think witnessed I've seen with it. my own eyes. Uh, so I, that could be false. Well, I think I, that's all I have for Mario Kart. Yeah, I don't know. Bat- battle mode is good again, so that's that's the key. Yeah, I think that's all for me too. It's a great game though. Uh, briefly, one two switch. Yeah, not too not much amazing. to say about it. it. You know, I I thought. You know, you you had hinted it could be something that I would love, and and I was curious, but just based on what they had shown, I, I was pretty sure that this was kind of a kind of a flop. I think for it me. might have actually be a so bad it's good for you. That wasn't even my initial thought, but like laughing at the videos and you know well, that, like, that that is kind of enjoyable. <laughs> but uh, some are more fun than others. For some reason, people really like the rotating one. That one was okay. Because, I mean, you're actually doing something, or at least it feels like you're doing something, as opposed to just, you know, pressing a button when they tell you. Or Yeah. The other ones, like the quick draw. And who, okay. who was the best cow milker? I was. Yeah, <laughs> you were? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, Jay and I had a th- three-round match. An utter off? I won the first one. He won the second one. I won the third. Oh, what was that one that we were so obsessed with? The rotation one. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Oh, I thought you were talking about the... Uh, yeah, see, that one... <laughs> I thought you were talking about the one where you're untying the chain or whatever. Oh, no, I'm talking about the one where you're just trying right, to yeah, rotate okay. it as far as so, you can with your so hand. So you have the Joy-Con, and you put it flat on the ground, and it says, pick it up and see how far you can rotate it. Without, it w- without like having it tilt, so you just pick it up and you go and t- twist it with your wrist. Okay, and that's it. That's that's, that's the, game? the game. And it's probably the best game. <laughs> <laughs> but we got pretty into it. I mean, like, I don't know if it was an ironic thing or not, but people were getting pretty. Well, just leave it on the table and rotate it. <laughs> well, I think you cheating. It, <laughs> but could could you do that? I don't. I think it detects like. If oh yeah, you, you actually, have to. You have to lift. Well, why don't you lift it onto a higher flat surface and then rotate? I, I think yeah, there has to be a gap. There's sensors and stuff like that. Yeah. So they got Nintendo. Smart. Uh, they thought of that. Don't worry. The worst <laughs> one by far is gorilla chest thumping. <laughs> <laughs> what? You just like do thumping patterns as a gorilla. It's terrible. Well, a lot of them are just very random. And, and ping pong is not. actually brutal. Like you're basically you don't have you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, most of them it just felt. Like, if you were actually trying to be competitive, I, I don't know that you could because it seemed very random. But And lastly, I think that's it for 1-2-Switch, right? I think so. We got to talk about snipper clips. Oh, yeah. We definitely got to talk about and this. And if you have multiple people to play with, I'd say it is one of the best co-op experiences I've had in a long time. Can you <laughs> like, tell me? Give me the rundown of this game because I literally don't know anything about it just, except the name. You have these two two to four characters depending on how people people are playing there's a single player version i haven't tried it where your pieces of paper basically and your it has the ability to rotate in different shapes and you can cut pieces out of another one and you can kind of like crouch and extend yourself just kind of manipulate your position and using all a combination of all those techniques it's doing different types of puzzles. So fitting a shape on screen. So make it using the right adjustments to cut pieces out of the different shapes so that together they fill something else or other puzzles that involve like 
shape getting recognition. Getting a ball and, from one place and pushing it up on yeah, into you, a net. Using or, rotating and like building like a, a simple example would be uh, you need to get a ball from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen. So you cut like basically a little uh, dimple or hole into one of the other players so that the ball will go in it. And now you have a way to carry it over. Hmm. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Every, everyone loved it. Yeah. It was very creative. Very cool. Um, I, it reminded me of scribble knots. I think it's probably better than way, scribble knots, way better to but me. I mean, it has some of the same, uh, strengths and some of the minor little drawbacks were with scribble knots as well which is, you know, a game where you can kind of create anything out of thin air and you have to solve puzzles. Uh, you know, there's stuff that you kind of, you know what you have to do, but sometimes it's a little finicky and it doesn't quite work. And you're like, oh, am I doing the right thing? I don't know. But uh, it just feels so wide open that, you know, there's multiple ways to solve a problem. And uh, yeah, and it's just the, the cooperative element is a really nice feature. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. And it's, like, one of the cheaper yeah. games out there for the system right now. So. It is the steal on the Switch. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. And is that it? Is that all we've played? That's it, man. That's it. Yeah, I guess that's it. Switch topics. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, we should probably talk um, Horizon Zero Dawn, since that's the other big release that's... Well, one of the other big releases that's been out recently, and a lot of people have been loving. I mean, it's crazy that that and Zelda basically came out like a week apart or something. And as I haven't played it yet, but as Frank said, and a lot of people have said, it's kind of similar. They're really similar. And I think at the end of the year, they're both going to be talked about as game of the year candidates for sure. Yeah. So what did you guys think of Horizon Zero Dawn? Well, I've only played... I haven't played much, you can tell me, but I just got to the point where she's about to do the trial. To the like, proving? Yeah, 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 the proving. So I think that's pretty early in the game. Uh, yeah, it is. So I did The map all the, really opens up. Like After some that happens, the story... like Goes crazy? It, yeah, a lot gets added to the story, which I like. It's They are progressing the story at a great pace and like one thing i can say which is not true but another game i played that i love neo i know the names of everything the fact that i know it's called the proving i know all the characters yeah. names like they do a really good job of picking names and reinforcing the narrative i usually never remember characters names in this game i remember everything yeah i was really impressed with just the overall world building they do and how quickly you get invested in the mystery surrounding the world and and all the interesting little tidbits like there's so many mysteries that are subtly laid out like even when the first area you're walking through there's like you can tell it's some sort of like abandoned station or something and then she finds the little earpiece which then has these powers that they don't really explain then you go out and there's these mechanical monsters which they don't really explain then there's the proving stuff, but they don't really explain. There's like all these little breadcrumbs of things for you to like slowly figure out uh, that is just really well done. And on top of that, the gameplay mechanics are incredible. All the different things you can do, uh, really neat. Uh, I don't know, all the hiding, 
The stealth aspects are well done. Uh, the first area, I think I probably played for three hours maybe, and I did everything you could do in that first area. I just did not yeah, really want to leave. Uh, I was enjoying it, and it wasn't uh, overwhelming the area. It was a good size, good, well-designed size for that first area. You didn't have to do any of it, but it was really just like a great, great first area, and I want to go back and play it, and I actually had it in my house again from the old library, but Zelda happened, so then I had to do that. Well, it's interesting. Again, comparing it to Zelda, I would say the same thing for Zelda. The first area, the plateau... I could stay there for forever and I was doing everything there. So that's like yet another similarity between the two. But, but I agree. I love the gameplay mechanics in horizon, uh, the design and features of fighting the animals, like the robot animals. Well, that's why you love this game. (laughs) The design of those robot creatures is incredible. It blows my mind. Gorilla man. Gorilla is so good. Uh yeah, Killzone I mean, are totally underrated. Underrated, games. but I mean, especially Shadowfall. Their final bosses were a real pain in the ass. I really want to go back to Shadowfall. I remember not liking it at first. I watched my friend play it for a bit. I was like, "Wow, this is better than I remembered." And I think it might have been a bit ahead of its time in some presentations. Maybe it's been patched too. So I definitely that's on my list to go back to as well. But I love this game. I love the protagonist. Uh, for whatever reason, I care. Have you beaten about, it? I care about her. It sounds like to say no. I am. I don't. Know, I probably played for fifteen hours, eighteen hours. I think it's. Yeah. And I'm being pretty exhaustive, so I think an exhaustive playthrough is forty-five to sixty hours. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, hmm. Again, I prefer my collectibles marked. I think this game does a good job of when you buy things from merchants early, it shows you all the collectibles and it's not telling you exactly where it is. It is an area search and it's perfect. That's fine. It helps me focus, but still has a cool exploration element to it. Love the look of the world. Really liking the characters as the world expands, the, the color palette starts to change a lot too, which I love mm-hmm. talking about the towers in Zelda. Their version of that are these, uh, I've only done one. What are they called? Uh, it's a giraffe. I feel like an idiot. Cause I said, I remember the name of everything <laughs> in this game, but anyway, there are these huge kind of giraffe monsters that you scale and that's their version of towers, which are super cool. I love hunting. I love the crafting system. Simple, but motivates me to uh, go and pick up everything I can. And it's not too cumbersome to do it. And I just, I'm always engaged in this game. I'm always doing something. I feel empowered. The only thing I would say, I got frustrated for the first time last night going into these areas called cauldrons and the checkpoint system was pretty bad. Uh, in this area and I had to redo a lot of stuff where I was dying. It's the first like kind of, is it like a bonus area or a story? No, no, it's, uh, it's, it's a side mission. It's a specific mm. set of side missions, but th- that's the first time I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do here. And I have to redo a lot of stuff to find out what I need to do, but maybe I'll find it. Like, Oh, I'm an idiot. 
But I just am in love with this game. That's the thing I'm going to finish first. So you're basically you're hunting these mechanical creatures. Are you riding on? You get the ability to override them later and use them as mounts or companions in battle. Okay. Super cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, like, I love how they're incorporating my favorite elements of the car combat in Arkham Knight. Like, there's high, highlight points, and they've even, like, rewarding you for precision strikes. Uh, they also have a nice mechanic of scanning things and using weaknesses really a little more strategic element to combat and it's not too complicated it's it's like a perfect level for me and yeah the precision strike aspect of the gameplay really makes you feel good when you hit it and like gives you a purpose for trying to be precise and take your time and it's really neat when you see uh the other animals react to everything that's going on like if you tr- try to come in too close or too loudly they'll run away or uh if you take down one of them the other ones will flee or the and, interconnection of different species too like yeah watchers inform all other animals and kind of cool new ideas about maybe it's not new i just haven't seen it but tagging paths and yeah like patrol and it's and, and it's contextually a cool idea like there's some special piece of technology she has where she's integrated with these animals and mm-hmm. i'm sure there's going to be story payoffs i have ideas on where this is heading one thing i think is going to happen which might be they're trying to make me think that's going to happen if it does a lot of games have done this and i'm going to be pissed you're not there yet <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, but yeah it, it is amazing <laughs> i wish i would have started it earlier i Absolutely love it. Who uh, developed this? this Gorilla. Gorilla. The, the Kill Zone. Oh, right. Okay. Team. From uh, Netherlands. Cool. Yeah, I um, I did pick it up because it was on sale oh, yeah? a few weeks back. Um, so I'll get to it on Don Zelda. <laughs> it is one of those games that like, the goals were super lofty. Even the idea of all these different types of creatures that get bigger and bigger, and how do you do that and still have the player feel in control and keep it a game system rather than something that is just this big thing that you're chipping away at? They've done that perfectly. Each type of uh, creature you fight has a nice little like element or approach, and it's each one is fun in its own way to take down. Just they should be super proud of this game. How does it compare to uh, Far Cry? I would say it probably borrows a lot from the map structure and spacing of things to do. Uh, so, like just from Ubisoft games in general, I think that's what Ubisoft nails. Sometimes there's too much stuff to do in a map, but the spacing is good and it's easy to like kind of comb a map and always be like bouncing and doing something new. Uh, so it nails that element of it, but I think I find the combat more fun in this. I was, I guess a small minority. I loved primal and it has a lot of the things I loved in primal in this. Uh, but like I loved hunting and the world of primal and I 
hundred percent of it. I loved it. But this one's world is just so much more creative than Far Cry Primal's and completely new ideas or relatively new ideas. And they nailed the execution and like the look of things. And I'm way more invested in the story and characters in this one. So they're both good games. I'd say this one is the best. Gets the edge. It definitely has a big edge. Cool. Yeah, I'm hearing lots of good things about that game. Uh, should we mention, I don't know if either of you guys, did either of you guys play Resident Evil 7? No. Two hours, three hours? That's probably about what I played. Yeah, I was, I, and did you play with VR? Started in VR. It took me an hour to get to the house in VR. Because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> I was freaking out every step of the way. I'm like, I got in, they kind of lock you off in this room. You start hyperventilating. No, I just, I just <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. I'm out. Started it again in controller mode. Took me five minutes to get to the house. So I'm like, okay, this is good. Uh, I have to say, there's some really cool stuff in it that I've played. There's a sequence like in the living room early on that mm-hmm. was awesome. Yeah, a jump scare that got me, but I was like, that's good. Like that was a good jump scare, not like a cheap one. I loved it. Nice. And yeah, I was digging it. I just got to get back to these games. Yeah, I was I was enjoying it quite a bit. I mean, it uh definitely some Texas Chainsaw vibes in there. Yeah, and Texas 2 a bit too. Yeah, yeah. Um and I like the the whole like use of the videotapes and like uh-huh. as as a way of framing the story and, and the aesthetic of that. I thought they did a good job with that. Uh, but I just, I guess I haven't played enough to really say too much more. The VR though, like, I mean, I, I hope there's more games coming that are going to use this. Cause like I, this is the first sort of big triple a game that uses, uh, the PlayStation VR fully. And it's a good one too, because it's, slow enough like it's not like super fast-paced action where you would get um dizzy or disoriented it's kind of slow and methodical and and i mean obviously the horror thing it just immerses you in that to the point where i think people like you or people that are a little bit on edge with horror games in general it 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 could genuinely give people heart attacks like it is (laughs) it just brings it to a whole new level and I yeah I enjoyed it quite a bit. Like there's a chase sequence. Getting nauseous just thinking about it. <laughs> Did you get to the the chase part? No. No. Oh, there's a there's a part where you're kind of being chased around the house. Oh, is that the one I'm talking about? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, like where he breaks through the wall. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and that in VR is like so intense because you're just like I, I don't know. Yeah. I will say this. First of all, I love. I would always take the trade-off they made, the idea of bringing this whole experience to VR. But you can definitely see the visual trade-offs they made to do that. Like trees and other things. Like I know you're inside for most of the game, but when you're outside, it, it kind of wears those trade-offs on its sleeve. Yeah, that's true. Which I, is okay. Maybe, it's, I, I don't know if uh, with PS4 Pro, if, yeah. if that... No, it's like the tree is basically like... 
three polys yeah <laughs> intersecting it's but i don't know if they would if they would have you no, know i don't think so no no i have a pro and i still notice it so yeah well then i guess that explains it <laughs> yeah but I, I love it yeah it's it's good i gotta go back to it too many games came out kind of all at oh. once and okay well let's get into it i guess two big stories here which i guess the first is I have to come clean here. Okay. I've converted. <laughs> People always accuse me of being an Xbox fanboy. Yep. I you you had a pretty heavy Xbox phase for the past it year was, or so. I stuck with that Xbox phase real hard and dirty for a long time. And the only reason I do that is because I felt it was the superior product and maybe superior for me in terms of being a digital game supporter. With VR being added and finally external hard drive support for PS4, I'm I buy everything on PS4. You're not seeing the the forest from the trees, man. What? All you're seeing is that the PlayStation 4 actually has games right now. Well, the Xbox literally has no games. That, <laughs> no, that, there's not at well. I actually thought, and it seems to be going almost alternate years. Like all of the big Microsoft exclusive stuff comes out one year. Then the next at Sony, they're kind of staggered, which is good. Uh, but, I mean, specifically this year, the other reason for my conversion, it is the best year for games that I can remember. And, like, we're only halfway through the year. There are two games that were not even on my radar that I would say are up there for, like, my game of the year already. And those would be Neo, and I'm anticipating... I got to get further in it. Uh, is it near Automata or near Automata? I would say Automata. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I've heard it know. said about three or four different ways. Okay. So. Either way, People both of those games about. are amazing. Now, the reason why I haven't played enough Zelda or Horizon or Resident Evil is basically I was obsessed with Neo. That's all I played. And I've put at least, I don't know, 50, 60 hours into this thing. You said you would yeah, go online, and that's all I'm playing. Yeah, I love this game, and the, I don't know if this is a compliment or not. Like, I don't know. A gu- it's an RPG with like the story about samurais. It's basically Dark Souls in ancient J- mystical Japan. Did you ever play Ninja Gaiden? Yeah, it's similar it's to Team those. Ninja. Yeah, it, so it's basically Dark Souls design with Ninja samurai Ninja skin. Gaiden combat. So it's very difficult for me. Some people say it's more difficult than Bloodborne and Dark Souls. It's not for me. For whatever reason, it hits the sweet spot that I think those games do for other people. Maybe it's because I'm familiar with Ninja Gaiden games, and I like that really more offensive-focused approach to things where I'm dodging and hacking rather than on the defensive. But I love it. The bosses, like visually, and this like the the insane concepts that they come up with for creature designs for these bosses blow me away. They are the best. There are these giant frogs, like enormous, like white tiger creatures, <laughs> these weird new, uh, like electric lion things. Now we're finding out why it's the best year ever for games. An- it's animals, the best, animals, best animals. year ever for creature design <laughs> in video games is what it comes it, down to. <laughs> it is so much fun. I, I love it. It's, the game I've put the most time into in a while. 
and I'm still not done, and I'm in. I am finishing this game. I am platinuming this thing. So this is a, a PS4 exclusive. Yeah. So that like in terms of the conversion, like eight that's a PS4 exclusive. Near, I mean, excluding PC, obviously, is play is PlayStation exclusive. Persona, Persona, which I bought, haven't gotten to, and Horizon. Like those are three. I, I think mean, there's even a couple more. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some other ones, uh, but it it is amazing. Uh, I I am super impressed, and I'm in. I'm PS4. Change the logo. Put put a PS4 in my hat. <laughs> <laughs> so what about uh near uh so this is by platinum you're okay. i don't know a lot about the story but why i love it is it's kind of a combat shooter rpg and the camera perspective and gameplay style is always changing so there is moments where it's a twin stick shooter top down and you're uh, doing like geometry wars controls. It turns into a side scrolling shooter at times, like from left to right, it turns into a top down shooter, like 1941 at other times it turns into a forward facing shooter for now. Let's just say fantasy um, space Harrier or something. Okay. So the perspective of the camera and how you're approaching combat situations is always changing. And it does it almost seamlessly. There's times where it's a two and a half D side scroller like Metroid or shadow complex. And you're using the same. And finally like 3d free roam where you're, you also have a companion that is shooting and doing combat at the same time. And it handles it so well. And the way it goes back and forth seamlessly between these combat modes, it blew me away. One of the most original things I've seen in a long time. Hmm. That's not what I thought it was. I don't know what I thought it was, but <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what I have this weird impression of this game. Like I played a demo, but it wasn't like what everyone's talking about. I don't know. I need to go back and take a look at it. So there's a couple more exclusives I just found that are okay. kind of low key, but Tales of Brasaria, Gravity Rush Two. Yeah. I am. And there's like a Kingdom Hearts two and a half D something true. something, blah 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 couple of those and they did the dang and rapa games remember i was talking about those like weird vita story you're in a classroom they put those on the ps4 i got one more that's coming out i guess star trek bridge crew no everybody's golf <laughs> so they've rebranded hot shots golf right that's a game i'm pumped for in august yakuza zero yeah like playstation always... is legit killing it right now yeah so what's going on with Microsoft, man? I there's still a lot of great things. I mean, they've announced that, that game collection, <laughs> like coming out soon, which game is Game Pass. Is game Pass, it? yeah, which is similar to EA Access, but for Microsoft and other third-party products. That's cool. I mean, if you are a gamer on a budget, yeah, and you can, especially if you haven't played those games. Like, there's a bunch of Halo games on there. Yeah. I think Halo the the three four three Halos four and five are on there. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's like uh, all the v- two Viva Pinatas are on there. Yeah. Banjo Kazooie, like a bunch of the stuff that was in the rare replays sure. on there. Uh, like basically Microsoft obvious IPs. But there's some Xbox One games, some yeah, Xbox like, 360 back compact and games. Like there's um, NBA 2K17, like the newest NBA oh, games yeah. in there yeah. now. So they're kind of like 
they're getting on that instead of like they don't have any access yeah. version, so they're going through there. So so if you can afford options. a console, and I mean for EA access for five and this for ten, yeah, for fifteen bucks a month, you would have a lot of games. And I don't think play. you need gold to get those, or do you? I don't think so. I don't know though. Yeah, because that would be another like fifty, yeah. sixty. That's a per good year. Point. That's a good point. But it, it that's a huge value. So, I mean, I really. I'm curious to try the Hot Wheels expansion on Forza Horizon 3. It sounds really cool. Sounds interesting. But other than that, there just hasn't been a ton coming out for the console. So they're obviously pre- preparing for Scorpio. Yeah. Uh, getting everything prepared to line up for launch for that. So whatever, PlayStation is killer right now. They haven't even really announced anything, though. Yeah. That's the weird thing. I e- guess this E3's. could be a big. They're going to have be a, a big E3 for Microsoft. Yeah, I think they be. plan on, or it needs to be, yeah, coming stacked to E3. One game that you and I played, Frank. I don't. I'm sure Sean did not. We put put a bit of time into Mass Effect Andromeda with the EA trial. Yeah, I bought and, it. I played. Oh, did you buy yeah. it? You played it more than just the. First I didn't play it more. I just bought it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's been on sale four times. <laughs> since I yeah. bought it and I want to kill myself and same with uh, Ghost Re- Recon Wildlands I bought that here that's not that hot I'm ex- I haven't played it it's been on sale <laughs> twice I gotta stop buying stuff anyway got, sorry you gotta get a library card I, I just wanna <laughs> I don't know if we're on the same wavelength here at all I don't know if it's as good as other Mass Effect games it's not but it is not as bad as reviews are saying. Like maybe no. it gets worse as you go. I feel like people attacked this game, and there's a bias. I do find it weird that so many people who apparently like Mass Effect two and three seem to hate this game because it's the same game, just with more of the shooting, which everyone liked. I don't like it because it went even less RPG than like Mass Effect two and three went. I am a big Mass Effect one guy, so this game is shooting. Also. My big complaint was that first area, the level design, it's just... So the first area you get to, you go onto some planet, and you're trying to find some your downed friends. And they the level design splits you up and gives you all these like um, different paths to go down that eventually all lead back on themselves. But of course, because you think you missed something, you go in these big circles and then end up taking like extra time to try to find everything. And I just found for the first area in the game that they throw you into, it seemed a little overwhelming to me. Mm. And it seemed like it went down the same route and the same criticism that I have with like the 343 Halo games is that it became more about just like pure amounts of shooting guys. Just shoot, 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 kill, 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 bye, bye, bye. Like there wasn't enough like downtime. There wasn't any like interesting things to look at really. Uh, they also added like platforming elements, like big jumping, which I don't understand why you want that in this game. Like, I guess they're trying to add I, verticality, I but it. it just seems like an extra level of difficulty in a game that's not supposed to be about platforming. Uh, and I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all, especially in the first area where you're throwing these like massive pits with like little pillars to jump to. It seems a little overwhelming. Well, everyone, I guess my bias thing I was speaking to more about something you didn't touch on was people were attacking the animation system and facial animations and stuff like that. Yeah, that was a big thing that went viral before the game even came out. Yeah, I don't really care about that. I don't care. And nobody calls out 
Bethesda games like every time Sky, Skyrim and yeah every and Bethesda they, game their dialogue notes. animations are not amazing lots of issues with their stuff yet no one cares feels a bit like EA targeting to me yeah totally. and then their IGN posted a video this I was not a fan of it was a 1.06 patch release and it was showing what's different between the two and it felt to me like they were saying it's nothing's different Right, like they were feeding this beast of people complaining, but the problem was the before things they were showing, I didn't even see a problem with. Yeah, like it was like they're just. It felt like they were in in sensing or like it was clickbait. That's all it was. It was. It was kind of clickbait. But uh, yeah, I I think it's okay. Haven't spent enough time to say, but it was. I mean, it's it's all right. Yeah, that's another one that I. I'm tempted to pick up. I really like Mass Effect 2. That's the only one I've played like, much of. I played a bit of one and wasn't really a fan, but all these um, games are so long. Every game is like yeah. 60 hours. Like, why can't you be like four hours? Like Embers of Miram. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <It's> perfect. <laughs> you just yeah. gotta get like a two million dollar marketing budget to throw at IGN and then they'll cover you. All right, uh, all these big blockbuster games. I mean, I'm sure we've discussed it, but they're just scared to get called out for being too short, not yeah. enough value for the money. So they just the value proposition is kind of ruining games. Yeah. Uh, so that was Mass Effect. Was there another one you mentioned? Uh, Ghost Recon. Oh, that no? was Frank. Oh. Yeah, I haven't played it. Oh, I okay. just bought it for no reason. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Oh, okay. we played um, Edith Finch. Oh, I have more. I just I didn't know if Dwight had anything. Okay, I got a couple things. I okay. don't know. Are yeah. we doing? Well, I was thinking like new games of the newer games we played. Uh, I guess I will say. Do you play any new newer stuff? Yeah, I got a few. Oh, okay. I got, yeah, lots of newer stuff. Go ahead. Well, I'll just. I mean, I don't know how much interest people have in this, but I have been playing a shit ton of the Lego games again. Beautiful. Uh, which you know. Kieran is a fan of, although he hasn't been as into them lately. He's kind of gone into his Skylanders phase now. But, um, but I think last time we recorded, I think I mentioned the two, like the Lego Marvel superheroes and the Lego Avengers. And I think those are pretty much the best of the ones I've played because we since we played uh, Lego Batman three. Uh, there's I forget what the subtitle is to it, but it really did not come close to the marvel games for some reason and i'm not sure why like it's very um i think it it, it kind of ties into like green lanterns on the cover and it's very um cosmic and there's a lot of s- s- stuff that takes place in in space but i just found the levels were not very fun and and as with a lot of these lego games just a lot of moments where you kind of get stuck trying to figure out what you're supposed to do next and i don't know why that needs to happen in these games but there is a cool thing at the very end you unlock there's a level uh that's based around the 60s Batman series Ooh, that. and i mean that's such a perfect fit for the lego <laughs> games like i don't know they need like this a whole game of this guys of love that. this adam west taste <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but but that was kind of fun that's cool um they just put uh the new or the lego star wars complete collection on games with gold yeah i was looking i want to dive into that I gotta play the Pirates Lego. Game. I don't know where that one falls. Oh, yeah, in I forgot the, about that one. The Pantheon of Lego <laughs> games, but I think that's one of the better ones. I actually did buy that just before it oh. came out on oh, uh, no. Games with Gold, so I was kind of pissed about that. But, um, but yeah, it's it's pretty good. Did you play Force Awakens Lego? 
No, I haven't, I haven't played that one yet. That's one of the newer ones, so I assume it's... I think it got pretty good reviews. Uh, I'll do the only other one I'll mention, which is actually a very different one. I, we played Lego Worlds. This is the Minecraft-inspired mm-hmm. Lego game, which kind of came out very little fanfare. I wasn't really reading any reviews. Nobody was talking about it, and it was only 30 bucks, I think. And I don't know if that's because they're, they have to compete with Minecraft, which is, I think, pretty cheap to buy. Um, but I was like, 30 bucks, why not? And so then we started playing it, and this was in early access on Steam for like a year or something, I think. So I would have assumed by now issues mostly should be ironed out. But Oh, I know where this is going. This game was buggy as hell. Like, we just kept coming across things that, you know, like we barely got out of, like, we're still kind of in the tutorial type stuff where, like, what it is is you start off on a planet and they give you a couple things you have to do to collect gold bricks. And once you get enough, you can go to the next planet. And there's certain tools you have. So you can build stuff and you can uh, copy things that you find in the world. And, you know, eventually it gets to a point where it's like Minecraft and you can just build whatever you want. But they, they it's a little bit more focused. Like they, they guide you along and give you quests to do and stuff. But like even the first planet we were on, we got all the gold bricks and then we tried to go to the ship to get off the planet and we could not trigger the ship to open up to let us leave the planet. And just really confusing UI stuff and like stuff where I'm like, am I doing something wrong or is this a bug? And like multiple things happened and there was like a couple quests where we did what we were supposed to do and it didn't actually detect that we completed it. And so kind of got frustrated with that and haven't really gone back to it. But in theory, I think it could have been fun and, and kind of a different type of Lego game. So kind of disappointed with that one. And then uh, Lego Dimensions still going strong. Played a bit of the Lego Batman movie pack for that, hmm. which is pretty good. Is that canceled now or was that the other, um, whatever you call it, live to whatever you call it? Yeah, it's like Skylanders or whatever. Yeah, where what do they call that? Live to play or something? I don't know. Anyways, is that one canceled? Toys to, Toys to Life or something. Toys to Life, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's it's still going. It's just, so the game came out and then they've been putting out, like they have little level packs you can buy. And then they started putting out almost like full game add-ons. Major so it's expansions. like multiple yeah. levels. And they, they I think uh, they had one for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. They went for the new Ghostbusters movie and then Lego Batman. I think that's that's it for the full kind of mm-hmm. expansions that they've put out so far. But but yeah, if you can find a discount version of that, there's even expansion packs and level packs at Dollaramas or like dollar stores around here now too. So yeah, kind of a good value if you're into Lego and shit. Yeah, and the Goonies one just came out, which I haven't played yet, but I'm sure it's amazing. Just don't rewatch the movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It doesn't hold up that well. This guy oh, is trolling God. hard right now. <laughs> um, okay, go ahead. Uh, okay, Flinthook. This is a roguelike game developed by Tribute. I think they did the Scott Pilgrim game and Mercenary Kings, a few other things. Uh, it's you know you, your ability is to use and aim with the right stick. This or I guess the left stick. This kind of grappling hook. Mm-hmm. Maybe a hint of Bionic Commando, but I think it's way more fun and fast and uh, twitchy. And you're kind of 
you're a space pirate and you have a, a gun, a, a, <laughs> I'm a down blaster, for space pirate, sure. <laughs> a grappling hook and kind of the slow motion time ability. And you're combining these things to kind of raid these space pirate ships and go through room to room. That's the, the random setup you're going through. And I really like it. Sunk a lot of time into this too. Really love the combat. Everything feels great in the game. I, my only downside would be some of the later levels, the level hazards, like there's spikes and floors that are tough to see and kind of frustrating at times. But the leveling up and progression element of the roguelike is really good and love the music. I think you'd love the tunes too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is good. It is another of, like, I already have a top six for, like, end of the year, basically. Wow. Yeah. And Fractured But Whole hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> and I guess I guess briefly, I'll say NBA Playgrounds, which is the new... It's NBA not, Jam. It's not a direct, like, lineage of NBA Jam. I think it's a new company that is trying to work in the genre. So it's just inspired by? It's yeah, not... it's the same thing. Two-on-two basketball. Okay. Uh, the... I am not crazy about the art style. I actually like prefer the NBA Jam one that came out for Wii and the last generation consoles. I think it looks better. Some people like it, though. It's kind of cartoony and exaggerated. I like the kind of weird, realistic look with the big heads of NBA Jam, the photo, like photos like on planes. It's pretty good, but there's a huge flaw in that the shooting mechanic, you, you are basically have to release at the peak of your jump to get it right. If you do, you actually get an extra point for a perfect shot. Extra point. Yeah. Like this starts to create problems. (laughs) And, and you also, when you do it, like every gut person shot is different and you like, don't know where that is. And I'm okay with that from the actual jump shot. But it plays into layups, too. Like, a layup is now as hard as a three-pointer in this game because you don't know when to release on a layup. And if anything, I would go as far to say a layup is harder than a three-point shot because if you, like, they're more awkward because they're doing finger rolls and, like, an apex yeah, of a jump trying to figure is not out. clear. Yeah. It is, that is brutal. That is honestly needs to be figured out or some kind of HUD element to help you. I don't know how this is getting the reviews it's getting. It's a big problem. What are the reviews it's getting? It's sevens, basically. Where? So you, worse than a seven for you? Yes. Okay. If they fixed the actual like basic principle of shooting or informed me as to how I need to shoot, it would go up. A, it, it would be like seven or an eight, no problem. Except out of all the teams, it's not like. Every team has the same amount of players. You open card packs. It's one of those things. The Pelicans only have three fucking players. They have the (laughs) least amount of players of any team in the game. So, of course, my team gets shafted yet again. Bullshit. (laughs) I got to keep going. Briefly, I'll say Wonder Boy remake. Played it a bit. Thought it was really good. And, like, the seamless switching back between new graphics and old graphics and soundtracks. It's a cool effect, and haven't played more than an hour and a half or so, but it's cool. I'm down with that. Uh, the Disney Afternoon Collection, 
mm-hmm. played it briefly, was kind of impressed. Yeah. The rewind mechanic is great. It's very responsive and quick and easy to kind of reiterate on things. And the presentation, menus-wise, colorful, high-res, was fantastic. Uh, uh, see, that's one. Like, I, I'll, I'm sure I'll pick it up eventually, but it just kind of seemed like high price point for something that they didn't add much to. Although I guess the rewind okay, we need to talk is something. This, all right. What's that? In Canada, it's a bit more with exchange. Mm-hmm. Twenty bucks is not a lot. Well, we I pay the, the, the price almost point. that much to go to a movie. <laughs> or to point. and we definitely pay more than that to buy Blu-rays we never watch. The twenty bucks is the new price point for indie games. <laughs> it used to be ten bucks. Mm-hmm. I still haven't adjusted. What can I say? I mean, <laughs> these are old games that I've played before, so I'm not in you know any hurry to revisit them. But I don't know. I I I like the games. I just, you know, a lot of these games, they at least will, as you just mentioned with Wonder Boy, they'll upgrade the graphics or they'll do something to them. Wonder Boy's graphics are sweet. Uh, do you want to talk together about sure. what, what remains of Edith Finch? Yeah, let's Go do ahead. it. Go ahead. Uh, well, this game is just kind of like a walking simulator, quote unquote. And But in this game, they you're you're a girl returning to the house she grew up in and trying to figure out what happened to each member of her family. and It's a very strange family. Very strange family. All of yeah. which have kind of had weird circumstances to their death or died young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're unlocking the memories of these deaths. Yeah, that's right. And you're kind of exploring the house, and each room represents a memory you're unlocking. And and one, and each death, dream, dream sequence, recreation has a different gameplay idea. Yeah, basically. so each one has either a different style or a different uh, like way to control within it. And I must say, I really enjoyed that aspect of it, and they did a really good job telling the story and leading you through this environment. They use the placement of text. So each time uh, the main character talks, the captions or dialogue is displayed in the world somewhere well most times sometimes it's just at the bottom but uh and the neat thing is that as you're exploring this room and you pass by uh items of interest it'll comment on it it'll pull the camera into it but then once you're done that after it does its first little preamble on that item it actually will place text down the hall or on the next door to lead you in the direction they want you to go and it it it's a really seamless way to guide the player through the world because you're you're listening to that text anyways. It's almost like an audio log that shows you where to go as it's telling you without actually just saying like go up and turn left or go to the library. And, and I in found some that, of the gameplay areas, the text kind of becomes interactive too. It's, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So there is like really neat gameplay in that regard with the text, and also uh, there's one in particular where they kind of take on this horror vibe and and put a whole new uh, skin on the game. They kind of do a cel-shaded view of the game, and that was really neat, how they totally switched it up and did this like 80s kind of like retro horror, horror version yeah, of the story. comic book and features yeah. licensed music, the Halloween theme itself, but yeah. the horror master. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's cool. 
yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the different aspects. Uh, it seemed like this game was getting quite high reviews. I don't, I don't like. I mean, we've been pretty critical of walking simulators in general. I would say this game is uh, probably my favorite walking simulator I played. Yeah, I guess personally, I wouldn't put it in the same category as walking simulators. Yeah, the hub is kind of a walking simulator, but each memory or dream, whatever you want to look at it as. Yeah has a unique gameplay mechanic yeah, and like intuitive controls or you're discovering the controls as you go. Mm-hmm. Some are better than others. Uh, and some really enhance the story and the idea within that dream. Uh, the highlights for me, the, the fish cutting, yeah. working the fish plant. Yeah. So you, your daydreams in your head are overlapping with the mundanity of your job is brilliant. Like yeah. That, that, yeah, it really that was. is amazing. Uh, the bathtub one I really liked as well. Yeah, uh, that one was pretty powerful for me too because yeah, like it has to do with a baby. Uh, so obviously people can guess where that's going if everyone <laughs> dies. Uh, you would know that at this point in the game too. Right? Yeah, each thing you're in. The yeah, is yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's only two hours long, and I would recommend people pick it up if they even just briefly would consider a walking simulator because this game is definitely worth your time for the two hour mark. Uh, yeah, I w I, I still think it's beyond a walking simulator in the realm agreed. And I would say the reason why a game like this to me is successful versus gone home is that this game embraces its story out of the beginning and is exploring the themes of that story right out of the gate Mm -hmm. where gone home is almost holding its story back yeah. For shock value or to keep you guessing. And I th- and there's actually gameplay in this one. Yeah, which it's 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 really good. It I would give it a 9, maybe even higher. Oh yeah. Out of 10, yeah. Mm. I don't know if I I'd probably give it an 8 for sure. I don't know if I'd give it a 9, but uh I really I really like the end credit sequence for some reason with they've had everyone on the game dev team like put in a family photo. And it just kind of like scrolls yeah. with like the music that's playing. Uh, Is this new Frank talking again though? Like you know, Frank, well, just Frank's loving all the movies that are coming out so far this year. Loving all the games that are coming out so far this t- year. Twenty seventeen, it rules. I know. <laughs> uh, okay, if we want to bring it down, I'll just say, uh, let's talk about ukulele. Yes, let's do, let's do that. One of my most anticipated games of the year. I've had a really interesting journey with ukulele. Uh, at times, I hate it. Times, I really like it. But I keep playing it. I, I, if, there is a boss battle in the first area called the Great Rampo. And, or is that what it is? I think so. I would encourage people to go watch videos online of people playing this. Like, this is one of the most poorly designed things I've ever seen in my life. It, like, I fell off the side three times and got teleported to the back of the level, and you have to climb a huge thing to get to that boss. And I was snapping. I and and it's the first boss fight. Yeah. <laughs> wow. How Can't, does that the, get the, through that? The cameras are atrocious on this boss fight. And I just take a look. I I watch some videos, and everyone who plays this is like kind of losing their mind. 
What's it got right now? Kind it's of Metacritic. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like part of the first, thing is it's like a retro, like throw. It's a throwback to like I guess the er, early early three D games. I, right. I, mean, I played replayed Banjo Kazooie a few years ago. It's great. I never remember being that that frustrated yeah. and stuff like that. But I'll say I love the art. I it feels like the team from Banjo, like they brought back the cre- like artists and uh like writers but didn't bring the coders and designers uh is, is my gut because it feels a little loose the camera's not great performance problematic at times and there's certain tasks in the game that are just super frustrating uh and feels a bit rushed to completion and like there's there's a few times in this game where i've said and this is not a good sign for a game Thank God I never have to do that again in my life. <laughs> oh, and they're, the first, they have like these retro mini games that are embedded that you can play from the main menu as well. The first one I did is this kind of like RC Pro-Am top-down racing game. It is one of the worst things I've ever played in my life. Like it is bad. Uh, controls bad. The damage indicators are completely wrong. It's so punishing. Uh, there's some serious problems with this game, but it has its moments, and there's something about that collectability aspect that has me going back. Like I, 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 I get sick of it. I'm like, oh, I'll go back to it for a bit. So I don't know. It's a weird kind of love hate love hate relationship with it. So. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll I, see if I end up finishing. I it actually feels like they swapped the first two levels at some point in production. Like the second one, when I got to it, made more sense. It was a little more approachable, uh, easier. I find I find the second level easier, and they don't share a lot of design elements. Like they are almost interchangeable. I think unless I'm missing some things. So I think the first level looks better, and maybe at some point they decided to, hmm. to flip them. Pure speculation. On behalf of myself. Interesting. What do you got, Dwight? Uh, I only have one other thing that I'll, I'll mention. I, well, okay, two things. Uh, I'll mention briefly Human Resource Machine. Whether you guys played this? No. No. So it's out on the Switch, but I think it's like also out on tons of other platforms right now. And I, actually, I think it's on sale on iOS right now. Um, I've been playing it on iOS. Basically, it's programming. <laughs> oh, what a joy. But it's interesting. <laughs> like it, I, I, I'd be curious to s- like. Some people at work got me into the game, and they're all programmers to some degree. I'd be curious what a non-programmer thinks of this game because what it is is essentially teaching you like assembly language. You know, like it. You, you the idea is you work in the, a factory, and they'll give you like a task. Like you have like two conveyor belts. One's your input. One's your output, and it'll be. You know, for everything that comes from the input, um, take it and uh, divide it by two and then put it in the output or something like that. And then they give you certain operations you can do. And it's usually not like you can't just divide. Like you can you can do a jump so you can create loops with a jump. Mm-hmm. You, you've got like a bump so you can like increase increment by one or two or increment by one or decrement by one. Uh what else like i don't know they keep adding new commands as you go 
but it's it's taking things down to the the barest of essentials of what programming is and uh i mean i just am i've I've been kind of hooked on it and it's you know on a small screen it's a little bit tough once you get to the later levels to sort of you just drag and drop these commands and and uh, connect things but you start having to scroll through your program essentially and it's it's a lot to try and take in you know you can at some point they let you add comments and things so clearly you can see how complicated it gets i'm out (laughs) you lost me at commenting i haven't used the comments yet but uh, (laughs) maybe that's a bad thing uh but uh, it's fun and uh you know if you're into puzzles or logic stuff it's worth checking out i think sounds cool but if you're not a programmer, you you know, there's certain people I think that would just like after a few levels, they'd be like, I'm out. I have no idea what's going on here. Uh, oh, so the other thing, mind fuck of the month. Oh boy. I don't know if this one totally fits and I actually didn't think it was a great game, but uh, I did download the Psychonauts VR game, Psychonauts oh, yeah. in the Rhombus of Ruin, I think it's called. And, uh, I really liked getting going back into the world of Psychonauts. Uh, but the game, so the way it works is you kind of, uh, you kind of are able to shift, ch- take over other people's minds and, and other creatures' minds. So you kind of are fixed in one spot and you can kind of look around like the, the entire world and you can kind of pinpoint something and then send your consciousness into that person or object or whatever it is. And that's all that's the main mechanic of the game and there's a little bit of a story being told and and there's puzzles that you have to solve by doing that. So you might have uh you know you're inside a submarine or something and there's a fish swimming by outside the window and you can kind of turn to look at the fish take over the fish and he has a different vantage point and can see some other thing that you need to have access to. And it just kind of builds on that. And, uh, there's not really that much more to it. Uh, I I think it's a pretty short game and I, I didn't finish it, but I think I got close to the end. And, you know, if it, if it wasn't, if it didn't have the Psychonauts name on it, I don't know that I would be playing it. I don't know that a lot of people would be that interested in it, but you know, the, there are, the characters are fun and, and some of the the writing and dialogue is amusing, um, and you know, again, it's I guess an interesting use of, of VR, but it's certainly not it's not a uh, killer app for for PSVR, as it were. <laughs> it's no Resident <laughs> it's just Evil. A, no, it's just kind of a fun little diversion and interesting experiment. I, I think that they are working on Psychonauts too, if I'm not mistaken so this is kind of a little bridge kind of thing leading into psychonauts i think i don't know if it was just when you first bought it but you got psychonauts the original for free or something yeah i think there was some kind of deal with that you're right that's it for me though Mm. i'm done okay i got a couple things i can rattle off uh i don't remember did i talk about call of duty infinite warfare last time if i did that game is i started playing that it's underrated uh, it seems like everyone just kind of brushes over Call of Duty games now. Now I'm only playing the single player, and it just it's so polished, so incredibly polished. And I'm to the point now where they're almost like doing branching storylines, and you can kind of pick what mission you want to do next. 
and I kind of got overwhelmed, but was still really enjoying it. All the gameplay uh, set piece moments were were great. Uh, I'm surprised that game never really came up last year uh, on anyone's radar. It seemed to me. Uh, I've been playing some weird sort of, I guess, indie games, off the cuff games, kind of Dwyer games. Nice. I played a game called Stories Untold, which is a short little puzzle game. There's four sort of vignettes, I guess, that sort of tie back into each other. And I don't know how to explain it. It's like set in the 80s, kind of has a thriller vibe to it. Uh, there's sort of like something weird going on behind the scenes. And there's just a bunch of little puzzles to to solve mainly by following instructions that you're given. So you'll have like a radio or something and they'll be, they'll say uh, like turn on this, this and that. And then you have to look in a manual to find out what those things are or something like that. And it's pretty basic and it's not overly complicated, but I did enjoy it and they did a good job sort of like tying in each of the three, seemingly unrelated stories to get each of the four seemingly unrelated stories in together in the end. And, uh, it was pretty cheap, I think, and people should, should take a look at it. Uh, see if, see if it was something they would be interested in. I played another little game called beat cop. Have you guys heard of this game? You're heard of familiar. It. You're basically a, uh, you were a detective and you got, well, it's, first of all, it's like a side side view, uh, I guess, eight-ish bit game, very pixelated, and you are a cop that is was a detective. You got accused of stealing the governor's diamonds or something, so you've been demoted to a beat cop doing traffic tickets. And basically, the game is uh, give people tickets that are parked <laughs> on the side of the road for either like having their lights out, their bat tires bald, or their parking uh, meter has expired, or they're parked in like a do not park area. But then there's other, there's like a, a throughput storyline of you trying to figure out who shot your partner and who, yeah, that's the game there, yeah. uh, and who stole the diamonds. And then there's also this other mechanic of trying to keep, so there's also the mafia and the, I guess sort of like a drug gang. And you're trying to keep them happy or they'll they'll basically shoot you. Uh, and so you can't really get one of them too angry with you. But you also don't want to do too many missions for them because then you'll piss off the police force and the people around you. So there's sort of like this management aspect to it. Uh, and the game is about 21 days or something-ish long. And each day, I would say, probably takes uh, between... 20 minutes and half an hour. So it's a pretty long game. But the weird thing was there's a certain key days where story beats happen. And if you miss them, just because you weren't paying attention, you you can't, you have to go back to the beginning of that day. And I actually missed one quite early on and played to like the end of the game. And then the game just kind of ended like just in a really low point. Like, oh, you didn't find out who, who killed your partner and who stole the diamonds and that was it the end of the game is pretty let down but uh in all situations it's a bunch of different endings but the overall game is is kind of weirdly enjoyable it's almost like the same feeling i got from uh 
that uh, fighting that boxing fighting game I was playing a couple oh, shows right. ago. Uh, I can't. What, what was that, that one called? Cl- punch, Fight Club, punch Club. Punch Club. Yeah, Punch Club. Kind of similar feel to that. Uh, so if you like Punch Club, I suggest picking up B Cop. Uh, <laughs> uh, Shout out to Alex from Pixel Knots. On my birthday, he bought me Stardew Valley because I was complaining how I want to play it and, and never get around to, to playing it. And I was playing that for a little bit. And that is just a heartfelt recreation of Harvest Moon. Right. I I was playing on my Mac and had a little issues with the mouse and keyboard controls. Uh, just that they're a little a little weird. And I think with a controller, it'd be better. But overall, that game is really good, and no wonder why it's got such good reviews. I mean, it's basically Harvest Moon plus, you know, things that have happened in other games since then. Um, I don't know. I don't. I haven't played it too long, so I can't really talk about it too in depth. But I, I definitely can tell why so many people are loving that game. Uh, and I played two sort of like adventure games. One went on PS Plus called abzu which got really good reviews i don't know why the game's pretty other than that i don't know why people are loving it so much uh did you play it frank i have not played yet but it's something to do like it's underwater yeah you're like a scuba diver uh going through the different areas and trying to unlock things you're just trying to almost like save dolphin like save the different marine life pushing the agenda i don't even it does have creatures though i don't even remember like a frank special you do get to ride a dinosaur in the end if you're lucky which is kind of cool (laughs) um but yeah i just don't really i don't even know what the story was after having played it a couple months ago i can't even make it out uh and i don't know why it was getting such high reviews uh, other than it looks nice. Uh, also, the controls are kind of... I don't really like the controls. You always have to hold down like a swim button and then boost to go faster. So you're holding down multiple movement buttons and then also direct. Seemed like it was just overkill on... Sounds amazing. Well, yeah. <laughs> so should, should give it a like whirl like burnout. <laughs> burnout. Uh, like a trigger in A at the same time? Uh, yeah, I guess so, oh, except... Burnout, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I played another little adventure game called... Uh, I finished this this time. I think I'd played it before. Uh, 2064 Read-Only Memories, which is basically... They try to capture the feel of like Snatcher from the Sega CD, but uh, it doesn't really capture that. You're not doing as much... Uh, problem solving. You're really just listening to dialogue and doing the occasional really simple puzzle, which is like take this thing that's literally right there and give it to the other guy that's literally right there. And there's so much dialogue, so heavy on dialogue. You have this little AI creature that is your companion and he just talks nonstop. It reminded me of almost like a Paper Mario game where they just endless useless dialogue and it's all it's all voice acted, which is great, but my pet peeve is that when a dialogue line finishes, even if the speaking stops, it didn't just go on to the next one. You constantly had to hit next. And I don't know, it, in my opinion, if it's all voice acted 
once the line finishes, just go on to the next line and keep reading it. You don't need to like there's nothing going on on the screen. It's literally just like a static image that's maybe animating like two or three frames of an idol just go on to the next frame. So there was just a lot of useless what, button like, clicking. What if you left to go make a sandwich or something, man? I would hit pause. <laughs> <laughs> so they just needed like an editor to like cut back and maybe make a few improvements. Uh, the story was kind of neat, but it just took so long to get there. I wouldn't recommend it at this point. And I guess I'll give a shout out to uh, another game type podcast game dev type podcast i found uh that i found because i was looking for i don't know how i found it actually but i started listening when they started playing so they do a game it's called dev game club and it's two guys that work in the industry i think they both started at lucas arts uh now they work one guy's like contract work used to be at the bethesda the other guy i think is at um i think 343 studios and so they are industry veterans and they basically take one game and over the course of four to five shows, they kind of break it down, play through it. And then at the end, they try to get in someone who worked on the game and kind of give it, do an interview with them about that game. So I, I started listening and they were doing uh, Link to the Past, Zelda Link to the Past. So I started trying to play through with that and them and I fell off super early because <laughs> I have no time. Uh, but if anyone else is interested in listening to a podcast like this one where devs talk about a game, I recommend that one. And that's dev game club. I think dev, yeah, dev game club. It's a cool idea. Yeah. So, uh, and that's neat. And that's probably the last game I played that Zelda game and, and then breath of the wild came out. So there's no need to go back to it now. And that's it for me. Although film junk crossover, I watched the Assassin's Creed movie, which I hear you guys have not seen, yep. which I'm surprised at. And despite it getting shit on, I actually enjoyed it and thought they, maybe because I knew sort of like the Assassin's Creed lore, uh, I saw how they were kind of doing it and they didn't really go over the top with it. They didn't go to, you know, they didn't avoid stuff. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I can't really, I don't want to talk too specifically about it because you guys haven't seen it, but. Sounds like it might be up new Frank Sally. Got to be on that. <laughs> yeah, Probably. it was pretty good. Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good. I I don't know. They seem to tie up the story pretty well, but also leave it open to like obviously another Assassin's Creed movie. Like, why wouldn't they? And yeah, they tied it into the first game really well. I don't know. Good people, game junk people should watch hmm. the Assassin's Creed movie. Yeah, we do need to watch it and talk about it at some point. Has Dax seen it yet? I don't know. Seems, seems like he needs to see it too. Yep. All right. That's it. Anything else for you, Frank? No? No. All right. Well, let's get to some junk mail because people have sent us emails. Let's do it. And we've got half an hour to get through these, so let's go. <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> There's trailers. Uh, GameJunkPodcast at gmail.com is where you can reach us. Uh, okay. Blake in Boston. Our boy Blake. So I caved and bought a Switch because Nintendo. I don't plan on ever using the TV dock, essentially making this a Vita replacement for me. The ultimate question is, what expensive nonsense can I buy for it? I'm talking cases, screen protectors, and other pricey Nintendo-licensed extraneous items. Recommendations will be appreciated. It's your boy, Blake in Boston. 
I would just say Pro Controller. I know he's saying it's Vita replacement. Maybe you want to put that thing in kickstand mode. Use a Pro Controller. Yeah. Uh, Maybe a case? Yeah, a case would be... Nar- I've looked into cases. I have not found a case I like yet. No? They're all kind of gross. That would be something I would be interested in as well. I'd say that's it. That's you all you can, need. You can buy a mini steering wheel. Uh, there you go. Attachments. <laughs> um, I mean, there's the the charger, but again, no. like, he doesn't need it. No, man, so. he's good to go. But he wants to buy these things. I know I say bye-bye. Some bye, stickers bye. to put on the back, maybe? <laughs> yeah. It's just not a kid. It... Additional Joy-Cons? Just no. because? It's just a Vita. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Either you got to embrace the stand and buy a second stand for each room, and mm-hmm. you know you got to get into that if you want. But if you're looking at it just as a handheld, buying is not an option. You're good to go. All right, Matt from Canberra says, just wondering if you guys could reflect on how you all got your gaming news, reviews, and advice back when you were kids. Did you have any favorite gaming magazines or TV shows? And in particular, did Canada have any local ones? Also, since I'm writing and since Sean is the Commodore 64 fan of the bunch, could he weigh in on what his favorite C64 game was? Thanks for the great show. Matt. Well, my favorite Commodore 64 game probably isn't that exciting because it's not exclusive to Commodore 64, but it would be Maniac Mansion. Classic LucasArts graphic adventure game. I think we've talked about this before. I had had a... I think I was talking about this. Mine were uh, a game called Save New York, I think. Something like Save New York. That sounds familiar. And Little Computer People. Yep, I I remember that one. Also, Mission Impossible was good. Or no, Impossible Mission. Mission. Yep, that that was a classic. Yep. And Uh, gaming news, mine, I was not into gaming news at all. Mine was like strictly Nintendo Power. And that was only for like a small window of time when I actually got the subscription for a year or two. I did have a Nintendo Power subscription. My dad worked at the post office as well, so on occasion, magazines would come through, and if the address no longer existed or something, he could take bring them mm. home. So sometimes we'd get little treats, a new video game magazine. Uh, but Game Pro TV, man, that's where it was at. <laughs> I was all over Game Pro TV. Oh, I remember that uh, For me, I bought EGM. Game Pro a bit. This is more teenage years, I guess. Uh, Die Hard Game Fan was my favorite magazine. Don't remember that one. I have a bunch of them. They actually go for a little bit of quiddly. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, Game Players was okay. I think that's it. And then TV. I remember the only memory I have. Was it Electric Playground? I don't think so. I, I don't know if I have the name of the show. But it was the first video game TV show. And I remember they showed a clip of uh, Nintendo 64. It might have even been Ultra 64 at the time. Uh Uh-oh. With, like, specifically the Bowser boss fight where you're rotating him around. And it was just a one-minute, like, clip, highlight reel clip. I think I watched that. got to be at least 250 times. (laughs) I was so excited for Nintendo 64. It blew my mind. And, uh, you know what? I think around that time, uh, my dad got a satellite direct TV, and I remember they had X-Play, the X-Play show with Adam Sessler on it. Maybe it was X-Play. I feel like Adam Sessler was on it, but it was older than that. Yeah, maybe. 
Yeah, he was doing that for quite a while. Yeah. yeah I, I wish I could remember the name. I still don't think I have it yet. What about a video and arcade top 10? Do you oh, guys remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah. No. I that was, was a Canadian production. Yeah, I was a big fan of that. Nicholas was... Pickles <laughs> uh, was the host. He, so, it was kids competing and playing in a game to win that game. Right. But then they also had segments where they would review games and talk about news and stuff like that, too. But that was a classic. Mm-hmm. That's all I can remember. Your friendly neighborhood spider Borg says, are you as disappointed as I am that there are no achievements for the Switch? Yeah. I mean, we all knew that it wasn't going to happen. Right? I kind of like it. I don't have to worry about oh, checking it out and tracking my progress. Just kind of play. Let it, just let it flow. But, I mean, here's the question. If a game comes out, you can get it for the Switch or you can get it for PS4 or Xbox One. What, what would convince you to get it for the Switch? Or, like, would that factor in at all, like, the lack of achievements? That wouldn't factor in for me. It'd probably be the type of game and if I want to take it on the go. Yeah, I guess the portability is is definitely a selling point, but the achievement thing is is something. It's not the make-or-break thing. It is a great thing to have. And I know people focus on the negatives of them, but there are many positives. Like, I play games on higher difficulties and appreciate different things i learn or get to experience systems that maybe i wouldn't have if there weren't those incentives it helps me fully get an idea of what the game has to offer and you, it's like a good way of showing off or like even just seeing what your friends have done or how much they've played something rather than i don't i don't want to have to share stuff it's like an automatic way of sharing what you're playing yeah i it's it's just a nice little you get a little little buzz every time you unlock something you yes. know it's like oh i did something that's cool i should say embers and miram pretty generous with the i mean it was like, on steam uh, there's lots of achievements yeah well, is it's there a pretty relatively easy thousand or platinum yeah i would say yeah is there is there a limit to the number it's, of achievements on steam uh there i don't know but it's the same across the board okay cool some good uh, achievement names, though. Frank. Uh, good job episode on that. one. Oh, that's that's that was all of us one day kind of going through them and prequel. The prequels run rampant in those achievement names. <laughs> um, all right, we got one from Rory, but I think it was mostly questions about the switch. Yeah, that one. Is there anything we didn't answer there? I don't think so. I think I'm we got to say. Do you th- oh, well, he asked, do you think the release of non-gaming apps like Netflix are critical to a new console? I, I mean, I would say for the PS4 and Xbox, they are because they're your, part of your home theater and they're... I, I don't know that the Switch quite... Not critical, nice to have. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. It is weird that they don't have it for launch, though. It seems like it's just an easy thing. You should Anybody could like get one dev on that, man. Like, How hard is that? Our buddy Stephen Carpenter has a longer one. Uh, greetings guys i hope you're all doing well i'm writing with a few questions uh what's your favorite game you have played so far do you think it was a solid first half of the year for games or not and what are you looking forward to seeing out of e3 and are there any big announcements you're expecting i think that's well we'll start there uh i would say my favorite game so far is horizon maybe horizon i guess 
I have to go with Neo at this point. Hmm. Well, Zelda for me. Uh, E3 or solid first half of the year. Yeah. Best, I mean, best first half of yeah. the year. I, I don't even have time to play everything. Ever. I, I can't ever. see the second half living up to that. And that's weird because usually all the big games come out in the second half. Uh, E3. What do we want to see? What do we expect to see? Microsoft showing. They got to show something. They're basically just hanging in limbo right now. Yeah. Microsoft is locked and loaded. They're going to have some big announcements. Haven't put on my prediction hat yet. I Coming up fast, though, actually, in like yeah, three, four weeks. Real soon. Or less. 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 What's Microsoft going to do? How are they going to blow people away? They're gonna question. they're gonna score like some sort of exclusive. They're gonna like do another Tomb Raider thing where it's like we got this game that you loved that was on another system. It's only on our system now. Could the Red Dead delay be involved? Ooh, I like that. That's an interesting theory. I don't oh, know that boy. Rockstar needs whatever they could think, offer them. I don't, I don't think, think Rockstar so goes. I, I really don't think so. Uh, maybe, or maybe just a partnership like paying to have their video on their presentation because GTA people, there was a bundle with that. Maybe a bundle with, yeah, maybe I mean, it could be something or a tech demo of maybe they supported or funded, uh, like a crazy spec, like high running version of red dead running on Scorpio, like using all the extra processing power and maybe not exclusivity, but just the, one of those weird association with a console for no reason, the way there people associate GTA five with PlayStation four and call of duty with PlayStation four. Yeah. Uh, I'll throw out. So the usual Metroid hoping for some kind of Metroid, not expecting a Metroid, but not getting a Metroid. <laughs> uh, uh, the PlayStation VR. Like, is this thing dead already? What's going on? Like, Farpoint just came out. Uh, yeah, which I want to try. But they've basically found a way to sell old PlayStation moves yeah. with the new version of PlayStation Move. Pretty much. Rehash joke from before the show. That's why you're not hearing the guttural laughs from the <laughs> But uh, it is pretty underwhelming so far. Like, I would expect by now we would be hearing about something big and they're like star trek bridge crew is it <laughs> like i don't know man I'm, uncharted I'm, vr maybe maybe but i mean they, I they, they said be, the lost legacy or whatever it is that the dlc thing yeah, that's, that's coming cool. out but they said that's like the last we're not doing any more uncharted after mm. this so i don't know was there anything else kind of hoping for beyond good and evil that's another standard one. I just read, though, that they said they're not showing anything at E3 this year. Oh, really? I think okay. so. My, uh, maybe a little soft spot. Geometry Wars 4, I'll put it out there. And Steven mentioned in his email, but I wouldn't mind checking out that new Star Wars game Yeah, right. from Amy Henning. Yeah, that could be cool. All right, Ben in um, in Melbourne says, My name's Ben from Melbourne, Australia, and I also host a video game podcast called Filthy Casuals with Tommy DeSalo, Ben Vernell, and Adam Knox. The question we most often get asked is, what's your favorite game? I won't ask that, although if you want to definitively rank your top five games of all time, you're most welcome to. 
Instead, I wanted to raise one of the more interesting questions we received. Do you think video games have reached their peak in terms of the basic underpinning values? Graphics get better, but they're already good enough to deliver maximum enjoyment. Storytelling is as good as it's going to get in games. Controller tech and gameplay can't really be improved upon what exists now. Do you think video games can get better from this point on? In what way? We talked about it, and one of us think yes, one of us doesn't, and I'm on the fence. I'm a regular Sean over here. Cheers, guys. Love all the junk shows. Definitely getting better. they are at FilthyCastPod on Twitter. Yeah, I think there's a lot of ways to improve games. Oh, it's not even, like, started yet, man. I just think, number one, story and writing and cinematography is not where even close to even... The most basic shitty movies that are out there, they are cliche. Most video game stories are living, like playable cliches. Yeah, so uh, they really got to push. I think even like editing, the idea of editing in games. I think Horizon does some unique things in the initial sequence where you're kind of aging through editing and montages. Yeah, there's a whole slew of cinematic techniques that need to make their way to games. I think also with the rise of like the free engine revolution we're in right now, like there's going to be a lot more gameplay iteration of people trying new things. Cause like we've been talking about the market is just so saturated with games right now to be able to stand out. You got to really bring it and show something different or something new or some new art style, some new, like, I don't know. You just got to stand out somehow. And it's so hard to make, your game almost just can't be good anymore. It's got to be great or it's got to be unique. And uh, there's just so many, so many things like, and as processing power continues to go up, you know, these, these teams like Naughty Dog are going to keep pushing the limits. They're going to, you know, more tech, more particles, more lighting, you know, as 4k improves, it's going to get even more gorgeous. Whereas the power gets there, 4k is going to get even more gorgeous uh you know better ai as the is the you know as the tech power goes up the more numbers you can crunch for ai will make it better exponentially uh he's always on his ai oh yeah oh yeah uh how'd that cloud computing ai work out i haven't heard too much about it uh, yeah i don't know why no one's using that (laughs) so strange uh but there's just so much stuff but it just takes a lot of money right and the teams that are making these games I just talked about with the free engine revolution, they don't have that kind of money. You need a Sony, you need a naughty dog, you need a, you know, these big, big teams with the assassin creed teams. You need those teams. Those are the teams that are even pushing the envelope in that way, in the tech way. And then it'll be the like storytelling and cinematic stuff. Frank's talking about to the small teams, I think in the gameplay little iterations, I think the big, the big teams would just be throwing tech at you yeah and that's how they're gonna get you i get what they're saying though i find games have become especially triple a games a little formulaic we'll stay like yeah. maybe you're debating between a third person or first person perspective exploration open map uh like you know yeah but i mean it's all those games cost RPG so much elements. money they cost so much money to make that they have to make something that is similar to something else that was successful. They can't afford to take the risk, right? It's the same place they're kind of at with movies now, but the indie stuff is still cutting edge, still trying new stuff. 
and we just mentioned VR, like VR is still like the new frontier. And even though it feels right now, like they put all this tech out there and nobody's doing anything with it. There's so much money being sunk into it right now. There's no way that's not going to come back in a big way. I, I'd be very surprised if it just dies on the vine, <laughs> as Jay likes to say. <laughs> um, okay. Phil says, Hey junkers, questions for everyone. Number one, Frank, did you get a switch and how many times did you flip flop between loving and hating it? Twice a day. <laughs> uh Sean, do you think you'll purchase two of the same console to not share with your kids? Gotta admit, the the Zelda thing, hearing picking up the switch and wanting to play Zelda is a real pain in the ass because you know, <laughs> he'll he'll break weapons and like just all that stuff. I, but get him it, his own profile. It man. does have profiles, so I guess I'll have to set that up. Uh, Huck, what is the worst video game you've ever played? Yeah, I can't. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it's got to be something PS One era, when just when they were trying to figure out the third person controls, and or maybe maybe even an N sixty four game before you had the second right stick to control the camera, and the camera, the three D cameras were just they're just people were just trying to figure out how to actually control them and use them but I can't think of anything specific. Yeah, I mean, that's the stuff that is definitely dated the most, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, On the off chance that Reed is there, do you even play video games? Well, he's not here. He does play games, but... Well, it's Family Guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Mobile games. Yeah, I mean, he has some consoles, but, you know, he's like a few generations behind whatever's in the bargain bin. (laughs) Love the show, guys. You should do more often, Phil. Uh, okay, this one is from PX Best. Hey guys, long-time listener, glad to see you're still at it. I'll get right to the question. I know you stay busy with full-time jobs, watching tons of films, and of course gaming in your free time. I myself am a new father, and I'm trying to find that balance of still finding time for my love of film and games. Late night Breath of the Wild sessions are life, while learning the ins and outs of fatherhood. My question to you is, if you're a parent, how did you find your balance? Not super game-related, I know, but I figured you guys could understand how I feel at the moment. Thanks for all the free entertainment. PX Best. Well, you got to make sacrifices. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and for us, oh, I don't know, for me, like gaming is definitely taking more of a backseat, uh, but I still try to fit it in as much as I can. Uh, for me, it's been mostly Madden. I play a lot of Madden still, but other games do crop up. I try to play. Uh, I don't know. There's really nothing you can do. I mean, the kid just has to take priority. You can't just leave him on the side of the street and <laughs> say, sorry, yeah. I'm playing games right now. <laughs> I mean, you can do a podcast about movies and games and then use that as your excuse to to make it seem important. Like, you got to <laughs> do this stuff, but it doesn't go over that well. Yeah, I think if, <laughs> it, I think if your wife was into games, it might be a little easier because then you can kind of play together after the kids go to bed. But yeah, mine is not, so that doesn't help things. And Sean, yours isn't really, is she? No, I mean yeah. she's into movies, so yeah, we watch movies. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I would just say I, I'm, I'm definitely gravitating more towards shorter games. That's always a a, a nice thing because then I can, yeah, you know, I'm doing I can the actually same. get through it. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, for me, like when we had kids, we moved to Mississauga, and kind of you know, we didn't see our family and friends as often anymore. And it kind of just became like, okay, kids, kids, kids. And then when we get like our two or three hours a night, then 
I can do whatever I want. I don't have anything else. It's literally just movies and games and that's it. And, um, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that works for, <laughs> for yeah. your situation. Tantric love making. <laughs> there's that too, but <laughs> we don't have that shit anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I literally do nothing else. So that's, I guess where my sacrifice is. Okay. Bob says, I just now got a PS4 in the past couple of months and I have loved Uncharted 4, MLB The Show 17, and Inside. Are there any games from the first three years that are must-haves or plays? I just bought The Last of Us Remastered. Been listening for years. Can't remember which PS4 games besides the Naughty Dog stuff you guys raved about. Apparently this shit goes in one ear and right out the other. Still love it, though. Well, Naughty Dog, you got Uncharted, obviously. Well, he said he did he did Uncharted oh, yeah, 4, he but you could Uncharted do the collection. 4. You could get the collection and play the other games. Um, he said Last of Us, definitely play Last of Us. You pick that up, play it. Uh, if It depends. If you have other systems, it sounds like you probably just have a PS4, if I recall uh, from previous emails. Bob doesn't is kind of fallen out of gaming and now obviously just getting back in. So if you don't have any consoles, I would say pick up, depending on what you like, I mean, The Witcher 3 incredible game uh gta 5 if you haven't played any games and you like that sort of super violence uh really good phantom pain which is metal gear solid 5 uh horizon kill zone depending on your shooters uh the order 1886 i would recommend the order i think two weeks ago was 399 really that is a no-brainer yeah 399 uh, Until Dawn, if you kind of like a horror game, that's also a PS4 exclusive. The Dark Souls or Bloodborne, those type of games, if you like more action-y games. He said he liked MLB. I would recommend Madden if you're into sports. Tomb Raider. Is, Tomb Raider, is the original Tomb Raider or just Rise of the Tomb Raider on PlayStation? Fin- the other, I love the original. Yeah, is the original on PS4, though? Yeah, yeah. Definitive yeah. edition, yeah. You're missing the number one initial run PS4 game. Infamous? Absolutely. Second Son. Bah. One of the most criminally underrated games of the past five years. Yeah, and I'm sure you could find that for cheap now. And I would also just add, never play Knack. <laughs> <laughs> also, Battlefront might be fun if you're into it. Star Wars shootery game, though it might be a little past its time now. You might want to just wait for Battlefront 2. I think that covers it. Yep. We got another one from Blake. Did we cover this stuff already? Uh, he says, uh, just go right read the question, man's email. All right. Hello, game man. First and foremost, I want to say happy year of Frank, much akin to Frankie's recent blind and misguided positivity spree. This email is all about the games that make you go, mmm, baby. Horizon Zero Dawn is that game for me, a a once-in-a-generation game that ticks every single box. That being said, it's so good that it almost detracts from everything I've subsequently got my little thummies on. Mass Effect Andromeda would have been a fine game circa 2016, but now it's post-Zero Dawn and every game just kind of sucks in comparison. (laughs) So my question is, was there ever a game that was just so good that it detracted or subdued your enjoyment of other games? And if so, how does one get over this hump I find myself in? And don't say play more Horizon because I've already sunk 80 hours into it and got the Platinum Trophy. Cheers, Blake. I feel like I had this with Uncharted 2. And around the time I played Uncharted, I, I played Uncharted two and one around the same time, and I feel like after playing those games, all other action adventure games kind of just felt shitty in comparison. 
I can't think of anything else off the top of my head that I'll, I'll go back a couple generations. I'll say Goldeneye on um, oh yeah, that's N sixty four. For a long time, there was nothing that came close to that. I don't um, think I've ever had this feeling. No, no. Like maybe I've been like obsessed with the game, but it didn't make me not like other games. I actually, I just thought of a great one: Citizens of Earth. Once I was done with that <laughs> game, I never wanted to touch another game for like two months. <laughs> Uh, I can see that. <laughs> All right. A couple more. Luke says, hi, guys. Listening to Film Junk, it seems Frank is quick to embrace the highest resolution movie format available, but when it comes to gaming, the opposite is true. Why not a high-end GPU with high resolutions and frame rates? It seems inconsistent to me. The number of PC peripherals and cross-platform titles mean a lot of the old advantages of the consoles are disappearing, but the old disadvantages remain. I guess two simple responses one is I think the best games are exclusive to consoles. Maybe changing a bit with Xbox Play Anywhere stuff. There are exceptions, but that's mainly the reason. And just like price and accessibility has always been the reason why. I I'd always say I'm going to buy a PC gaming rig, but I don't know, never do. Yeah. So just go buy a $700 Switch instead. Yeah. Well, and the idea of playing on the couch, too. I know you can do it with ways of PC, but it's yeah, yeah, comfortable. All right. Last one here. This was from Kyle. Hey, guys. I just checked out the Top 10 Games of 2016 episode, and I love the Nintendo discussion. I've had this idea for a while, but unfortunately, I feel like it'll always be just a dream. Let's say the Switch bombs. As with all Nintendo hardware, the pre-orders are hot, but the Wii U sold less than any other Nintendo console. The Switch does just as bad. Could Nintendo get to a point where another company like Microsoft or Sony could buy them out? They could keep Nintendo going by allowing them to focus on software and their first-party titles. Imagine Nintendo titles running on the power of the Xbox One or PS4. Nintendo has always has also never been proficient in online gaming. Now they would be able to utilize Xbox Live or the PlayStation Network. Retro titles would be available in the shop, which would bolster massive sales. Thoughts? Could this be a possibility or just my fantasy? So this was also... This email came in like right after our last show, so before the Switch launched. And I would say the Switch is probably successful enough now that this is not going to happen in the near future. I wish it would happen, uh, or they would just become software producers for other consoles. That's what happened with Sega, right? But Nintendo apparently has crazy stockpiles of cash. Very unlikely yeah, they, that it will ever happen. They have got a lot of money. I have said the ultimate union many times it's apple. apple and nintendo yep. apple has the perfect infrastructure and no games uh nintendo has the perfect games and terrible infrastructure let's not forget though they are putting out mobile games there's a rumor right now that they're they're working on a zelda game oh, for mobile gross fuck them <laughs> so i mean at the they are at least putting out software on somebody else's platform but uh it's definitely not the same all right, well, that's it. Thanks for the emails, guys. Gamejunkpodcast at gmail.com is where you can reach us. It's pretty much the end of the show. Uh, if you, We can talk briefly upcoming releases. There's not a whole lot for the summer, as far as I know. I know Crash Bandicoot Trilogy, number one. Everybody's Golf, number two. Uh, next the, Machina, I don't know. three. I don't know what that is. It's like uh, the new house mark game, Twin Stick Shooter. Oh, okay. Star Trek Bridge Crew is coming out soon. Next week. That's 
Yeah, May 30th, the Friday the 13th game. It's going to be a piece of shit. Comes out this week. Sucks. <laughs> Tokyo 42, May 31st. Tech, Tekken 7, June 2nd. <laughs> cares? Arms is June sex. 16th. Fuck Splatoon that. 2 is July 21st. Rehash, bullshit. And then probably the two biggest games of the summer, both on August 22nd. Middle Earth, Shadow of War, and Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So, that's pretty good. Looking forward to that. Yeah. And hopefully we'll have another it. episode out soon. Yeah. Embers of Miram special. Yeah. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. Anything else we need to say? No. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for uh, sticking with us again through the extremely long hiatus this time. Yeah. yeah. So facebook.com slash gamejunk at gamejunkpodcast if you want to keep up with some news occasionally. You can also follow us all on Twitter at myangrycommute and equilibriumsis for my work stuff. And at Dirty Frank with Three Hours and Dirty and I'm at filmjunk. Until next time, we'll see you guys later.